Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. It's volume three, issue 113. You can, of course, play along with Cane and Rinse volume three, and our next five upcoming issues of the podcast are The Last Story. Then we have Castlevania Lords of Shadow and a general look back at the murky world of 3D Castlevanias. Following that, it's The Binding of Isaac, uh, one that Darren Gargett here is looking forward to immensely, I know. Then we return to the Mario series with the legendary Super Mario 64. And following that, it's the much-requested and long-awaited Demon's Souls podcast, uh, which roughly coincides with the launch of a sequel to that game, sort of, that people may or may not have heard of. Uh, Just to fill you in, uh, in case you weren't listening to our slightly more niche podcast last week, uh, all about cave shooters, which you should, because a lot of people who listened in said they were thoroughly fascinated by it, even though they didn't know they would be. Um, Our... uh, Announced Hitman Blood Money podcast has been postponed until later in the year, but uh, don't worry, Agent Agent 47 will get his dues at some stage in the future, probably in the summer. Uh, As ever, head to canorince.com for the full schedule, the blog, links to our forum and merchandise store, featuring brand new, very cool, swanky, uh, logo-only t-shirts. Actually, uh, say logo. We had a logo before. It was an emblem before. Now it's the full name of the podcast, Kane and Rince, in the right font, and it looks looks spiffy. Uh, Our Facebook, uh, Google+, which is quite new as well. Uh, Twitter and YouTube, of course. And as ever, please subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes, if you will. So, to business, this issue. Joining me, Leon Claudaddy Cox, we have Darren Georgette Jelly Gargett. Oh, what a name. Huh? It is. Blame the parents. <laughs> and also, joining us, uh, a special guest from Midnight Resistance, we have Sean Bullet Bell. Yo, that is a much better name than Darren's, I have to say. I'm very pleased with that. It works. Uh, sadly, <laughs> uh, just to say that Joshua Galumba Garrity um, was due to be with us, but uh, sadly he has a nasty case of touch fuzzy get dizzy and, uh, and is recuperating Cooper rating at home. Sorry. Okay, so Super Mario World. Um, Now, this is a game that there is no denying is absolutely a part of the core Mario series, to the point that when it was first launched in Japan, do you know what it was called? No. Super Mario World, colon, Super Mario Brothers 4. Ooh, okay. It really is... It really is Super Mario Brothers 4. Now, the, 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 the game that we know as Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, that we'll be talking about later in this issue, it's kind of debatable whether it is a core Mario game in some ways. Um, but we'll get onto that. Mm-hmm. So for now, uh, it was a Super Famicom launch title. Uh, and also a Super Nintendo launch title in all territories, I believe. So, November 1990, that is a long time ago, over 23 years since this game came out. Uh, North America, it followed almost a year later in August. In the <laughs> EU, of course, we waited until April 1992. But not as long as the Australians who had to wait for their uh, PAL version until July 1992. Later on, uh, in 2001-2002, there was the Game Boy Advance port, which had a few tweaks and changes, uh, known as Super Mario Advance 2. And then, of course, more recently, we had it on first Wii Virtual Console uh, in 2006 and 2007. Um, and, of course, back in those days, uh, Wii PAL users got the PAL version, which, yes, was slightly bored and slightly slow compared to the NTSC original. However, 
uh, under Nintendo's uh, new regime. The Wii U Virtual Console version, which came out in April uh, 2013 in all regions. The PAL version is the NTSC version, I believe, mm. um, and uh, is a fine thing indeed, and looks absolutely delicious through HDMI on an HD set. Um, looks like it was designed for that. So, our histories with this game. Let's start with our guest, Sean. Where, did you buy a Super Nintendo at launch, and did it come packaged with Super Mario World? Or uh, No, because I was seven at the time. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. No, we got... Um, I must have been eight or nine uh, when we got the SNES, um, and it came with Super Mario All-Stars and F-Zero and Starwing, or Star Fox, um, which in hindsight, I mean, I wasn't really, I mean, like, at the time, I enjoyed all of them, but in hindsight, it's like, oh man, that is that is quite a collection of games, actually. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was a good time. So when did you, can you remember when you got... Uh... Sorry, did you say you got World at that point? With yes, yeah. Sorry, it was, a, it was the version of Mario All Stars that came with World. I think. Ah, okay. So actually, it may not. No, it must have been later than that then, because that didn't come out. They did several mm. versions of Super Mario All Stars, didn't they? Um, uh, well, two, yeah. Two, um, yeah. Uh, well, and there was a Greatest Hits type re-release in a different box. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess um, we talked a little about this on the last uh, Mario podcast, but I think mm. yeah, it was about ninety-four that version came out. Mm. Um, only change to uh, Super Mario World that version was that they um, they bumped up or buffed up uh, the Luigi sprite. So for the very few people who mm. actually played Super Mario World um, in two player, um, <laughs> whereas in the original uh, standalone cart, Luigi was just a, a palette swap. In mm. the uh, in the version that you had, he was his own sprite, his own man with his with new animation and, and graphics. Oh, nice. There you go. Um, but no, I mean it's been interesting because I've also. I've gone back to it and played some more of it um, just to refresh my memory for the show. Yeah. Um, and I know it's it's a common thing when you play games that you played as a kid mm. and you think, man, how did I ever, <laughs> how, how was I ever good enough? Like, I, you know, because when, like I say, I, must have, I was only like nine years old at the time um, and I did everything, like all the secrets and, yep. and you know, the whole thing. Mm. Um, and now I struggle with it. <laughs> mm. Um like, I've never felt that more than I have uh, going back to Super Mario World. Like it's a tough game, um, and I mean I know a lot of the, the recent Mario games haven't been too easy either, um, but this this really tested. It was like the very first level. I was just walking into enemies and stuff. It was yeah. bizarre. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah, it's surprising just how much I've, uh, I've seen this coming through the different games as, as we've been playing from the podcast. Just mm-hmm. how they slowly get more and more forgiving, like. World compared to its predecessors is quite a lot more forgiving in mm. terms of you can get you can get a Yoshi and I think it's got more um, power ups throughout the levels. Um, but also by the same token, it goes down the road. It goes down the Star Road, in fact. And once you're in there, you're playing some of the hardest uh, <laughs> hardest Mario levels around. Mm. Um, and yeah, these days, you know, we've seen in in Galaxy and Galaxy Two and 3D World uh, a lot of those levels are. are, are pretty much start as a as a cakewalk and it's pure it's pure playground fun but it's the other end of the game mm. where mm. where the where the tough stuff starts but we'll come on to that we'll certainly talk about um uh star world did you sean did you play the mm. gba version at any point the, the release? Uh, no i played i played the game boy version of yoshi's island but not uh super mario world cool. no. And we'll talk about that later. So, uh, Darren G, you are slightly older than Sean Bell in that case. Mm, yeah. Ever so slightly. Um, now, obviously, we know, well, 
regular listeners will know. Uh, you're a big Nintendo fan, big mm. big Nintendo kid. So Super Nintendo day one with Super Mario World bundled in import. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had loads of money rolling in for my uh, paper round. No, no, um, I don't. I remember the exact day when I saw Super Mario World for the first time because uh, Mum took a picture of me and I put it on Twitter. You know, like I've been doing recently. And that's the first time, it was around about Christmas, it must have been like the Christmas after it came out, it wasn't mine, it was my cousin's, and I remember seeing that pad thinking, what is that? And like, looking at the screen thinking, that, that, what is this? Like, I've never even seen this before, like, the realm of a new Mario game was a bit of a mind-blowing one for me, you know, thinking about Mario in, in that way. Um, but I don't actually remember getting the game at all, it was my brother's SNES, so my older brother's SNES, so like, he probably just borrowed it off a friend or someone. And I don't think I actually properly completed it until... Oh, man. Like, I, when I say probably completely, I mean, like, you know, all 96 exits since, mm-hmm. like, way after release. Like, it, like having games back then was such a treasure, you know? Like, you cherished every mm. moment. Like, you know, you, you had to save for games. I remember spending, what, £55 on a SNES game. Like, I saved for a year from birthday money and other bits of money mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, borrowing Super Mario World was probably a thing that happened in our household. And I just remember absolutely smashing it. And looking at this list, I've owned it on every console since. Yeah. So <laughs> remind us, uh, or for those who, who didn't uh, tune into our previous Mario podcast, it's still available. Um, did you, had you, were you anticipating this? Uh, as in, had you, you'd already played the NES games? Mm, no, I think because uh, it's quite, a, it's, my memory's really hazy, but I think like all of this sort of happened around about the same time. So we got on NES late, you see, so. Right. The, mm-hmm. the SNES was sort of already upon us, so we could afford the NES because it was cheaper because it was an older console. And then I remember just walking into my cousin's front room, just thinking, "What the? What is? Why is there so many colours on the screen? Like, what's going on?" And <laughs> it was just like, "Yeah, okay, well, we need to have this in the house." And you know, it did take a little while for us to get it. I remember that much, but from then on, like, I don't really remember exactly when or how. So for me, uh, I mentioned last time out that um, really my only Mario experience had been playing Super Mario Brothers in the arcades from the sort of mid to late 80s right up until the early 90s. Uh, it was still knocking around in the Brighton arcades. That version we mentioned, it was a slight remix of the NES game with some uh, slightly more difficult uh, portions and things like that. Um, I knew that I liked it. I knew that the 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 games magazines that were in the know were talking uh, highly of these Mario games, but I never had a particular uh, urge to play them as such. I had a Mega Drive well before I had a SNES, and it was in fact um, wanting to get the SNES version of Street Fighter 2 um, and uh, <laughs> Alien 3 and um, Contra 3 and things like that, or Super Probotech to Alien Rebels as it was over here, that actually sold me the SNES. Um, Mario was shamefully, now I know, almost an afterthought, and Zelda, really. Um, I really wasn't that invested in the whole Nintendo first-party stuff In into... Yeah, this was uh, early 94 until when I got my pal SNES. Um, so I got those games. I was playing Street Fighter and, and various things, and my friend was showing me Pilot Wings, and it was all good. But one day I found myself in this uh, old shop, long since gone, but it was a shop that I'd been going into for years since I'd been buying first Star Wars figures and then Sabutio stuff as I grew out of Star Wars and into football. Um, and then it started selling games. This was a shop called Beatties. Brighton hmm. people may know it. Um, I think it may have been a chain, actually. Yeah, we yeah, have one in the middle Yeah, I remember uh, okay. Beatties. Yeah, um, sort of dealt in models and toys mainly, yeah, but obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um Yes, not there anymore. But one day I went in there. Um, I had uh, 
£30 left for the month. This was in the days when I worked in a burger bar and rents were ludicrously cheap and um, most of my spare money probably went on games and, and booze. Um, but yes, I just had £30 left for the month or so I thought. Um, popped into BT's and there was a copy of Super Mario World. I can't remember why, but uh, I decided to, to grab it. Uh, I think probably the fact that I knew it, you know, rated 98% in every magazine or whatever, I should probably try it out. Um, took it to the till and I remember it came up as 1999. I was like, Bloody yes, hell. not 2999, it's 1999. Uh, so that's fantastic. And actually it turned out that I really needed that last tenor that I had that week because <laughs> I, I still remember this to this day. Like if I'd spent that tenor, I would have been, I can't remember how or why, but I think I would have had no food basically for a week. So, uh, so that was kind of handy. Um, remember this is 20 years ago. 10 pounds could get you a week's worth mm. of food. Uh, well, of bread and cheese as I probably subsisted on back then. Um, yeah, and took it home and, uh, played it pretty much as I often do with Nintendo first party stuff at the exclusion of anything else for a fortnight or maybe it was a month until I had absolutely done everything in it. Or so I thought. So for the next seven years, I had my completed save on there with uh, showing the number 95. I was like, yeah, I've done everything. I've done everything. And then I read somewhere, it's 96. It's 96. <laughs> the, number, the number that you need is 96. And not only, not only is it 96, but when you've got all 96 exits found... Uh, you get like a palette swap and the game kind of changes in look and, and mm -hmm. some of the, the enemies change into pumpkin head enemies and stuff like this. I was like, oh, OMG. I was like, OMG. Um, so I went on a, on a forum. I can't remember which one. It might have been NTSC UK in the early 2000s, still on dial up internet. I was, you may have been on there, Darren. It may have been you who yeah. told me. Um, <laughs> in fact, I went on there and said, uh, I've only got 95 exits. I have no idea where the 96 is and the first reply was have you done the one off the bridge i can't remember the name of the bridge is it the cheese bridge uh, butter bridge is it butter bridge, bridge? Mm. um some kind of dairy product bridge anyway <laughs> and incredibly enough that was the one i'd missed it was a red exit and i'd never noticed that i hadn't gone down from from that from that exit uh that's the clue the clue with the red ones the the red dots on the overworld map is of course if you've got more than one path away from it you've done it properly mm. uh and for some reason, I'd missed this one, missed this one over and over again. Read, read up on how to get it. Um, it involved the cape. Now, I hadn't played the game for uh, however many years it was. Um, so learning to control the cape again took me a few lives. But it, it, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Got there, did it seven years later, 96 exits, palette swap, autumnal theme or whatever it is, turned up. And uh, yeah, closure. Um, until I bought the game again on virtual console and then again on Wii U virtual console which I've never I've never gone all the way through and I haven't I haven't even got back to the star world on those but um I dabble you know I drop in and I dabble and so and yes I've been back I've done about I've done about 40 or 50 exits this this last few weeks in the lead up to this podcast mm, nice. so at the time um so none of us none of us were day one SNES adopters and obviously um this game sold uh, in total or shifted like 20 million units. And that's so much to do with it being a packing game um, mm. and later a packing game with all stars as well, as you found out, Sean. Yeah. Um, so it's a game that a lot of people played. But I think one of the things that, although I enjoyed Super Mario Brothers, the arcade version, which obviously looked plainer, 
I was never massively struck with the look of Super Mario World. I always thought it looked a bit kind of anemic, like yeah. the actual graphic design and stuff. I mean, Am especially I if you go back to it now, um, it doesn't look as nice as you remember either, I found. Mm. Uh, it's really, it's just, there's just so little detail anywhere, really. Um, I mean, in hindsight, it's like, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, playing it again, I completely forgot that it was a launch game. Um, so maybe it deserves some slack for that. But yeah, it doesn't look that great. No. It's one of those ones that I've never really, because I first saw it as like a, you know, a wee kid, I've never really saw it as, and I've never really criticised the graphics because it's always just been that way for me. Like, it's the same with Super Mario Bros. Mm. on the NES and stuff. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just the way it is with me. I've never really thought about how good or bad it looks. It's just Super Mario World, you know? It's, it's really weird because for the sequel, which we'll get to later, it's like, that's what the game is for me. It's all about the visuals and the audio and mm. stuff. Whereas this is just mm. like, no, Super Mario World, boom, let's go. Let's jump on that massive bullet bill. I suppose yeah. it's like, it's a funny one because it exists at this sort of halfway point between, like now, you know, we have like tons of games with sort of really incredible um, 2D art. Um, and then we've also got things that are, you know, we've got like pixel art is its own sort of visual style now. Mm. Um, and this kind of sits between the two, doesn't it? In that, like I don't think de- you know, developers hadn't worked on games that weren't just pixel art at mm. this point, um, and I think it was a new thing for them being able to just kind of pretty much draw whatever they want, but sort of not really knowing how far they could go with it. Yeah, and it's 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 sort of weird because the style has been. You look at New Super Mario Brothers U, which uh, we're doing a separate podcast in a few months' time on on the New Super Mario Brothers series, but it takes a lot of cues from the actual stylistics, like the domes in the background mm. and the and the various textures and things like that. But it's not overtly, obviously pixel art in the way that a lot of yeah. say indie games ape retro styles for reasons of you know character and simplicity. Mm-hmm. This the. Uh, Super Mario Brothers U kind of follows the the stylistics, but actually, you know, it's fine detail. It's clearly rendered in polygons. Mm. It's not too, it's not two D in the same way. Mm. And obviously, three D world now kind of man- somehow by witchcraft merges a lot of the the, the great things of the two D and the three D Mario games. Um, but world, yeah, it was just always like the palette never looked that th- now. What I would say is going back to it, playing the Wii U version through the HDMI on the, you know, the HD console on the HD screen, the 60 hertz full screen version. Now, back in the, back in the, uh, 20 years ago now, I was playing the PAL version through a composite mm-hmm. lead. And the, I mean, so it didn't even look as it, uh, as good as it looked in, in screenshots. So it looked significantly worse to me than the screenshots I've been looking at of, um, Super Mario Brothers 3 on the, well, I say mm-hmm. worse. It looked, it looked less vibrant. It looked less vivid. I mean, I was, obviously the SNES's color palette was was bigger and bolder than the NES's, but there was something about there was there was a charm that Super Mario Brothers three had in it in in its background graphics, and it was you know that was an end of generation title, and mm. this was a start of generation title, and that sort of shows, I think. Yeah, it's interesting how there's visually there's less of a jump, I think, between uh, Mario Land three and. Super Mario World than there is between Mario World and Yoshi's Island. Mm. Like there's a, you can really see um, in the time that's passed between Mario World and Yoshi's Island, like the mastery of the hardware um, really shows. A couple of people have said to me things along the the, the lines of, um, and and again, this is this is not about you know trying to decide definitively which is best, but I know that some people who didn't come with the same perspective as me, who had played Super Mario Brothers three before World. 
um, actually felt that world was in some ways, if not a lot of ways, a backward step. Uh, you know, there are mm. there are a vocal uh, group of people who who will you know maintain that they preferred three, and obviously that's their taste and that's that's their right. But for me, it was I came the other way around, as we discussed in the previous Mary podcast. I played world first, and then going backwards, brothers three loved it still but it felt more like a natural progression of the mario brothers formula whereas world with its overworld map and the switch palaces and the 96 exits felt like this huge adventure just absolutely mm-hmm. I, i'm not saying super mario brothers 3 didn't have its secrets and its interest um beyond just platforming levels but world what did feel like a world that was the thing about it it felt bigger and grander and more 16 bit you know <laughs> yeah totally and like saying about the the world thing, I think a, a large part of it that plays into that is the fact that the things you see on the world map are indications of what you're going to find in the levels. Like, you know, if you're looking at the world map and then one of the, you know, the markers, the levels puts Mario in some water, you will start the level in some water. And, <laughs> you know, that, that like you actually like that, that yeah. world map is a sort of a representation of, of what you're going to find. Um, which I don't think many of the other Mario games have ever done quite so well, if at all. Mm. Um, like if you look at, um, I mean, obviously I know uh, Mario Brothers Three had the world map, but it was mm. kind of featureless, wasn't it? It was just here's a series of points. Um, there wasn't much else to it, and I think I mean Mario Three D World's much the same. Um, yeah, it's less, they're less organic. The, yeah. the, the world in in world has i think it's just a simple matter of curved paths and mm. rocky outcrops yeah. and and chocolate lakes and mm. whatever you know <laughs> um but yeah i mean and Yoshi's island was just a, a series of points there's, <laughs> there's really nothing to the map in that it was just yeah. a progression um so yeah i think that that's something that world really nails that none of the others have i don't think yeah i think less is more with the super mario world map where it's quite it's, when you compare it to mario world, or mario brothers 3 sorry the map on that, you see the whole world at any one time, for the most part. You know, the first few worlds, you see the whole thing on screen, and you sort mm-hmm. of know where you're going. But in Super Mario World, it's sort of zoomed in a bit more, and you can only see, like, maybe the first four levels, and then it tails up into, you know, a different part of an existing, like, land. The bridge crosses over, and you, you go into Donut Plains, which is sort of like the second part of Yoshi's Island, the first world. It's quite hard to explain, mm-hmm. but, like, because they zoom in, and the map scrolls with Mario for some time, like... It's more of an adventure because you can't see everything straight away. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. sort of like, oh, what's around this corner? And then, like, the, the, the map scrolls to the right, and then you suddenly see, oh, right, there's a massive forest over here. Whereas before, like, like I say, with Super Mario Bros. Freeze World map, you sort of saw everything straight away. And I, I kind of appreciate mm-hmm. that with World. Cause, like, when, you know, when you're a kid and you first turn it on, you're like, wow, like, you know, th- this is going places where I couldn't even imagine. Like, I would never thought I'd be, you know, like, in a, in a forest that loops on itself over and over and over again. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly the um, the world maps for the two uh, Wii and Wii U versions of New Super Mario Brothers take their cues from this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, what I wanted to say before was playing playing the Wii U uh, virtual console, the eShop version of Super Mario World now through a good cable on a good set and everything. It looks so much more vibrant than it did in my memory. And although the the overall style is still quite simplistic and and it's not busy it serves the game so well and with the colors all shining so much more than they did on my old crt through a composite lead back in 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 20 years ago um i've kind of i've had a sort of slight reappreciation of the art mm. and coming back to the game you know sort of getting ahead of myself here but actually just enjoying it as much as i did back then as well mm. um and 
the 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 fact that it it's um it's the fact that it is quite sparse actually means that it, it serves the gameplay a bit better and it is a problem i always had with the the game we're going to be talking about later was that as as beautiful as it was it actually occasionally obfuscated the the purity of that mario gameplay i think mm. you know like where's the edge of this platform well it's not quite so clear in this game, whereas in, in Mario World, everything seems to be in, you know, you've got these completely abstract, arbitrary, surreal landscapes that somehow still feel like a believable world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting <laughs> one. The, the visual style for Super Mario World. It's, um, like, like I said, I've never really thought about it as a, as a thing, but like looking at it now, it definitely does pale in comparison to, you know, it reminds me more of the new Super Mario Brothers series in the fact that, you know, it's quite plain, but I think, like with an RF unit back in the day, like playing it through a you know the, that cord you get given with the SNES, yeah. I, I don't really think I remember just thinking to myself, oh, you know this, you know, I, I never really thought that the game could look any better than what it does. But yeah, I mean playing mm. it on the gamepad for the Wii U when it's you know when it's squashed down and you know the, all the pixels are not as stretched as much, if you know what I mean. I think it looks even better on the gamepad. But uh, yeah, the, the simplicity works for me. I do really enjoy the you know it's just so easy to get into. But from the off, like when that music kicks in. And it goes, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's like a comfort game for me. And the fact that you just, I know what to look at. I know what to do and how to do it. It's, um, yeah, it's, I, I think for me, the simplicity serves itself as, you know, serves me well with the, uh, the art style. I don't think, like, I think Mario 2, Super Mario, um, excuse me, Mario Brothers 2 hmm. is a game that I, I didn't really speak about it on the podcast because I just, Everything really bringing it up, but again, that's another one for me where the art style was a bit too weird for me to get <laughs> excited about. Like it's like it's it's just a bit too off kilter, which is you know it's entirely feasible because the where the game came from. Whereas this, it's it's a Mario game. You know, you, you sort of you sort of feel at home. You sort of feel right looking at it, and it doesn't really pull any wacky tricks other than the you know the mode seven pixels that blur in your face when you enter a castle and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just like comfort food, really. You've you've come on to my my next topic, which is mode seven, um, the the SNES's uh, ability to uh, take a two D image and stretch and and move it around in in three D, um, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the you know Nintendo's in house crack in house team led by Miyamoto were having a lot of fun playing around with this, and it, it's it's not I, I I think the use of it, I mean obviously compared to say Pilot Wings, is quite understated, but there, there's actually quite a lot of it in there. Even every time you leave a level, I'm pretty sure the big, you know, the big zoom of of black mm. circle that's that's done in Mode Seven, mm. and then probably most famously is the final boss, the the big Bowser balloon, oh, which, yeah. which does scale. Wait. But I think all the yeah, I think that that Bowser boss fight, you know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, has everyone paused it as soon as the face hits the the, the front of the screen? So you've just got a big clown face right in your screen. Everyone's paused it at that point. Definitely have. It's an iconic, it's mm. an iconic boss battle, and it, uh, mm. that balloon turns up again in, in 3D world. I think that balloon's probably the, the creepiest Bowser's ever been. Mm. It's the yeah. most menacing he's ever seemed to me. Anyway, mm. yeah, he's he's not particularly. I mean, he's so he's he's been so repeatedly uh, humiliated and had the the rug or the bridge pulled from out out mm-hmm. from under him so many times. You've seen him clawing at thin air so many times now. You know, <laughs> d- did it recently in 3D World after Christmas. Mm. You know, after the big tower fight, and there he goes falling into endless space, mm. probably lava again. Um, it's hard to take him too seriously. Um, mm. But sometimes the levels that feature him, I think particularly in 64, which we're covering next time, have a uh, intimidation factor of their own. Mm. Um, 
yeah when it's spitting gobbets of fire at you from all directions and stuff but um yeah basically involve involve a clown face and you're going to creep out a, a fair number <laughs> oh, yeah, of people definitely. yeah yeah. But yeah, in regards to Mode 7, it, it, it does feature more than what you think, like you say, Lynn. I think that circle that encapsulates the whole screen, like a end of Looney Tunes cartoon, uh, you can mm. tell it's doing something with the game that it shouldn't be doing because mm. it nicks that little item in the top of your screen. You're like, where's my, where's my feather gone that I've been banking for later on? Obviously, it doesn't take <laughs> it away from you, but visually, it disappears from the top box. And I've no, always noticed right. that since I was a kid, like, uh, <laughs> uh, you put the key in the keyhole because you get those yeah. special keys from it, so certain yeah. levels and it nicks your item. You're like, oh, you, when I first saw that, I was like, I need that for later on. I need the cape so I can fly down another random hole in the game. <laughs> it's okay, it's still there. Was uh, this um, was this the first Mario game to do that uh, yes. ability to hold the item? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. During gameplay, yeah, Mario Bros. 3 had the world map where you flip it over and you can choose an item from there. But during gameplay, uh, yeah, right. press and select does drop a feather or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. held in this one. Yeah, it's funny prob- how many sort of little things like that from Mario World have stuck in the series now. Mm, you just take for granted yeah. now. Like you just think, yeah, yeah, I can just, I can just get a thing for later on when I need it. Whereas like mm-hmm. other games, like Donkey Kong Country, for example, you, you sort of, you can't just pull an item out of thin air when, when you know because you've saved it. You sort of really miss it in other platform games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you know, in, in some ways, you could say that this was, you know, I mean, albeit over, you know, almost a quarter of a century ago. I can't believe I'm oh. saying that. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, the start of things just getting that little tiny bit more forgiving in that you could stock up an item, you know, you, you could go to an early level, you could choose to go back to an early level, um, get yourself a couple of capes. You had to complete the level, you can just mm. duck out like you can mm. nowadays, but, um, complete the level and then go back to the place where you were. Now, of course, playing the Wii U virtual console version, you can abuse the save state system as much yeah. as you want, <laughs> uh, which does, you know, it definitely takes something away from the game, but yeah. if you've already done it all before, like I have, I don't feel surprised bad doing doing it and mm. also i'm old now but um yeah i would recommend that i mean it goes without saying uh already i would recommend that people who do have a wii u lucky people with a wii u uh do get this the particularly this virtual console version of, of super mario world but if you can possibly resist the temptation um to use the save states and play it the old-fashioned way it's probably you probably ultimately get more out of it but um by the same token, saying that the these power-ups, perhaps, you know, the, the the ability to stock an item and even swap it around by pressing the select button, um, to, you know, to uh, flip-flop the item that you've got and with mm. the one you're holding, it makes the game easier in some ways. But the the Star World and the Special World kind of undo that by, you know, by giving you some of the hardest... Ma- I mean... Lost levels accepted, I suppose. Mm. But for those of us who hadn't played the lost levels at this point, getting to the star world and the special world, this, you know, this was beyond, beyond any kind of platforming challenge we'd probably ever had, apart from maybe some of the early 8-bit games, which were, you know, brutally, not Mario games, I'm just talking general, like yeah. British-made computer platform games that were impossibly pixel perfect. Mm. Maybe things like Manic Miner. Um, another genius touch, I think, uh, the Switch Palaces. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. So this is where, um, and again, it, it sort of lends, lends itself to a coherent feeling, um, space. Uh, you, you learn of the first one of these very early on and you're kind of led by the hand to it. The first, uh, the yellow switch palace. Um, you're well, told you say that, that you can miss it, can't you? If you just take the right you? hand path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I'm just. I'm just too familiar with it now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a funny game because the first, the first level that you actually go into is there's not actually anything to do in it. It's Yoshi's, it's Yoshi's, it's Yoshi's house, isn't it? And, uh, it's, uh, there's a little message saying, 
Yoshi's, um, and we're coming on to Yoshi. So yes, um, there are a number of empty blocks, blocks that aren't filled in throughout the game world of different hues. Um, and there are four switch palaces of different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find these. Now, the first one is, is relatively easy to find compared to the others. Um, but to open the others, you need to find the keys that you mentioned before, Darren. You often need to jump through some literal or metaphorical hoops or, uh, or similar to get to these keys, um, perform some, uh, quirk of league type jumps or curly muffins, as we used to call them, um, <laughs> to, uh, to swoop under the, under the backdrop or, or something like this or, or get, get down a certain pipe with a certain power up. Um, unlock the door and there you go switch palace um, often preceded by uh, a section in which you can collect a load of lives yeah. or coins mm-hmm. um, and then you're actually making the game in some cases you're making it easier for yourself some of the blocks even block off enemies and things like that which is cool mm. but they also open up a load of the extra paths the extra exits mm-hmm. yeah there's one where it's like there's like a little corner piece and it's got a little smiley face on because it's a Mario game and you realise well what's that and you see a load of green dotted lines that go up alongside it and there's like mm. yellow pipes above you, and you're like, "Well, how? What's going on there?" But when you fill in the green dotted lines, you realise you can run up this little corner piece, this little pink triangle, and you can yeah. sort of just sprint mm. up these walls. And that was just like a revelation back then. It was just like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I can actually!" And if I, if I, you know, if I had Yoshi, I could sort of bounce on it a little bit. And like, it's the way Nintendo did these things or do these things where, like, you, you know, you've got the cape, but with Yoshi, something different happens. And like, it's just, it's similar, but it's a slight modification. And, and I really appreciated that because it's sort of. You're sort of learning with these items that you're given, like like I say, like the, the cape. If you've got a cape, you're flying as Mario or sort of floating with style or whatever. Uh, but with Yoshi, you're sort of just like, you can bounce up and down on this like little smiley pink triangle or, or you can't actually run up the wall with Yoshi and it's kind of like a learning curve. You're like, right, okay, to run up this wall, I need to abandon Yoshi, which is kind of like a risk reward. Like, oh, I love Yoshi because he gives me an extra hit. And I always like <laughs> nearly cry for him when he falls off a ledge. Um, mm. But by the same token, I've done this level before. It's a red exit on the on the world map. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a red dot, so I need to kind of abandon him and run up this green line of, uh, sort yeah. of exclamation points. It's yeah, it's a very clever balance mechanic and uh, something that I've I've never really again I've never really thought about it critically until this last mm. like year. I've never really thought about how it's how it works in gameplay terms stuff like that. And because um, it's just one of those games that's always been around. And, you know, playing Mario 64 recently, they've, they've also got Switch Palaces uh, with levels with Switch buttons yeah. in, but they're nowhere near as exciting as Super Mario World. So, like, Super Mario World is just mm. like, yeah, just kick a shell and get a billion lives. Well, not a billion lives, but get a lot of lives. And it's just so rewarding, you know? Mm. You mentioned You mentioned the lizard, the reptilian one, the dinosaur, Yoshi. Uh, another addition to this game, along with uh, certain moves, um, there's a there's a there's a move on the on the far button, which whichever one that is on a standard SNES pad or whatever you're playing it on now. There's sort of whirly about button. Um, the cape is a new power up, of course, as we said. Perhaps one of the most sort of before the 3D era, the most analog controlling things in a Mario game, if you know what I mean. The cape, in the sense that mm. it's it's not so. Do you know what I mean? Am I making sense? Like it, it's got. It feels like it has physics, you know, yeah, the cape yeah. where you, you know, you dive down and the cape billows and you swoop back up. Um, it's, it's difficult to maintain flight, you know, um, for any huge length of time, but there are some bits in, um, to get some of the, the cool exits and, and certainly in some of the, the difficult extra levels where you really need to have mastered the cape. But Yoshi, so, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto said, um, 
it was one of the things he'd always wanted to do. Ever since he made Super Mario Brothers, he'd always imagined Mario riding around on a dinosaur. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah, typical. Um, uh, Tezuka-san, who also worked on, on many of these games, uh, said uh, that Yoshi was originally going to be a Cooper. Um, and in fact, the saddle was his shell originally. That makes sense. Huh bit of trivia um but yes he turned into this friendly uh dinosaur and he's now he's a enig- enigmatic character now he's he's had a load of his own games um some of which aren't terribly good um at all yoshi's <laughs> cookie and things like that um obviously we'll talk more about yoshi in the in the yoshi's island section um but at this point he was an an armless dinosaur who you simply popped out of an egg um, and rode it it gave you an extra hit but it also gave you a kind of um yeah floaty flutter jump but as you said, Darren, not necessarily as useful a one as just wearing the cape. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, did he? I don't remember him giving you the flutter jump in this one. Oh, I know. Yeah. I think, if yeah. I misremembered that, I think it no, depends on. He doesn't. You're right. He doesn't flutter, <laughs> but he. Okay. I think you can. Does he still slow your descent if you hold the jump? Yeah, button if you down hold down with the yeah. cape, but you sort of okay. descend slowly. But if you've got shells in your mouth, they do. They vary Yoshi in different ways. Like, so yep. you you can yeah. get wings with the purple shell. You can breathe fire with mm. the red shell. Ah, so there there right. are variants of Yoshi. Just not specifically mm-hmm. with the green one alone. Right. And there are even uh, multicolored Yoshi variants in the extra uh, world. Yeah, mm-hmm. little baby yeah. ones that you have to feed. Little baby ones you have to feed. Yeah, again, loads of loads of cool stuff. Now, I'm I'm a huge Yoshi fan. Like he's one of my favorite Nintendo characters. I prefer him to Mario himself. And the way that Koji Kondo added a layer of percussion whenever yeah. you get oh. on a Yoshi <laughs> yeah. is still one of my favorite things in all of video gaming. Um, it never fails to ra- raise a smile mm. getting on the back of a Yoshi and you get these, oh, it's almost like coconut sound of a, yeah, like bongos sort of. Yeah, or bongos, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, he can, uh, he can stick out his tongue and, uh, and suck things in. Um, the berries in the background, I've never understood if they do anything. Yeah, if you don't, eat don't eight of just... them, you give, it gives you a mushroom or an extra Okay. Life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was just they just like they were just like extra coins effectively. They do give you a coin as well, but if you do get mm. enough of them, he, he oh, will okay. he will poop out an egg, uh, not an egg, no, sorry, okay. uh, like a mushroom or something like that. Right, right. yeah, definitely. And there's the odd berry that's a different colour to all the others. Yeah, I no think, apparent I think that's reason. Worth three, I think that's <laughs> okay. Worth oh, three okay. of you know, I, I'm remembering this from the back of my mind, but I think that is worth three or four, and then like it's... you need four regular ones to make a mushroom pop out of okay. his behind. It's a weird game like that because there's lots of little, almost not one-off things, but just you know, just random things dotted about. Like there's a there's a three-up moon in this game. Yeah, the crescent moon. Yeah. <laughs> like when has that ever been a thing? And when has it been again? And why does it only appear like twice in the whole game or something? I mean, it's just just really d- delightfully insane. Just that that thing that people always say. It's a bit of a cliche about Nintendo's first-party games, Mario games particularly, where they're just full of invention and experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and it's just it's just the the fun of of playing, and you know, even in a game that should be utterly, or could be in 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 other hands, utterly predictable and rote. You know, a platformer, get from left to right, jump on the platforms that rise up and down or spin around. They they seem to have come up, and again, this game's nearly a quarter of a century old. For the time, they seem to come up with almost every possible configuration of swinging platform, seesaw, teeter totter, mm-hmm. cage that you could climb on, um, melting block, spinning, sliding thing. <laughs> you couldn't actually, I, I would find it very difficult to sort of try and actually 
remember, come up with a list of all the different types of <laughs> terrain and platform there are in mm. Super Mario World. I think, like, yeah, I think one of the, the, the earliest bits where that sort of begins to click is it's somewhere in, it's one of the vanilla dome levels. Mm. Um, and there's just like a, like a sort of, uh, crisscross of, you know, those platforms that have the little eyes on them and you headbutt them and they flip and then you can mm. pass through them. Mm. There's like a, yeah, it's like a crisscross of those and there's just some enemies and some shells. And like straight away, you realize that you can't just get through that. Like this, <laughs> you can sort of pass underneath it and then, yeah. and you're having to think about the fact that you can only get through these blocks by headbutting them and then going up through them. Um, or if you've got the cape, you can hit them from the side or if you've got a shell, you can hit them from the side. But it's like suddenly you're having to think about how you, how you negotiate that, just that one tiny section. And it's like, man, that's, that's really clever. Just taking this one block that behaves in a certain way and mm. just arranging them in this shape. And then it's like, oh, I can't just run through that. I've got to mm. think about this. And that's um, it. Cause it completely changes what you've learned about Mario uh, from the pr- mm. previous three games that blocks that they hit with shells break and, you know, stuff like that. Whereas here they just start spinning and you're like, oh, what? what? Like, and, yeah. so, and like <laughs> one of the little Coopers that's popped out of his shell already, he, you'll see him getting ready to kick the shell and you're like, oh, here he's going to kick it and he'll kick it off the ledge and he'll hit all these blocks that start spinning around revolving and stuff. And that's it. It's just chaos in shoes in front of you and you just can't help but just like, just crack a little smile. You just think, ah, oh, that, that little tiny Cooper, that naked Cooper on top of the ledge done all this to me. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Coopers <laughs> in their little shirts and shorts. Yeah, that's yeah. It. amazing. Yeah, and uh, uh, the, never mind the fact that if you kick a shell at some of them, they will stop it and kick it back at you, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Like, yeah. there's, there's lots of like excellent little behaviours and stuff in it. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. Things that I'm sure uh, Miyamoto and his team were dreaming of in the 8-bit days, but simply couldn't do, and now they suddenly had that extra that yeah. extra power and memory and and whatever to. That's the to thing. Do. I mean, it's really interesting how like. These days, we seem to accept that, um, you know, oh, new console generation. Well, the first few games for it are going to be rubbish because you know everyone needs time to adjust to the new hardware and and uh, like. Okay, I mean, we've already said Super Mario World isn't the nicest looking uh, SNES game available, but like, holy shit, it's still one of the best games ever made. Never mind one of the best on its platform, mm. and it was mm. a launch game. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's uh, that's the yeah. I mean, is it? I suppose. That's one of the reasons, perhaps, that um, you know the Wii U got off to a slow start was because although they did another game that was ostensibly and objectively, if you can be objective, uh, of similar quality to Super Mario World, <clears throat> it was twenty five years later, twenty yeah. twenty twenty one, <laughs> twenty two years later, it wasn't the new, you know, it wasn't the next leap like Galaxy was or sixty four mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty extraordinary. I think Nintendo tend to do that, you know. D- Tend to do launch games better historically than, yeah. than than many, but um something about the way they work. Mm. The I don't know about their names in the now. I know that Bowser is simply called Cooper or King Cooper in um, in in the original Japanese version. Um, there are a few tweaks and changes. I won't go into the the nitty gritty of these. You can you can find them on the on the Super Mario Wiki. There's some quite interesting. They they made some tweaks. They made some. Um, uh, you know, changed some, some English language stuff, uh, made a couple of levels a bit easier, added a few, a bit of extra signposting to some of the secrets and stuff, um, mm-hmm. compared. It's kind of like the, um, the, the, basically the, the Western version is kind of like 1.1 mm-hmm. Super Mario World, whereas the, the Japanese original was mm-hmm. obviously was the first version to come out. Um, but I don't know about the names of the Cooperlings, um, Bowser's offspring. 
stroke henchmen because um, in the western version they are clearly you know um, <laughs> caricatures satirical uh, satirically modelled on um, on popular public figures uh, oh, really? I totally, that totally passed me by well, you've got Lemmy Cooper, who's a kind of uh, heavy metal uh, oh, okay, right, type yeah. Cooper. You've got Ludwig and got Von Cooper, who's got the Beethoven-esque hair. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not sure about all of them. Uh, Iggy Cooper's kind of like Iggy Pop. <laughs> um, there's Then there's Roy and Wendy O um, and Larry. I'm less sure about those. Uh, but also there's uh, Resna, the, the Triceratops, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> who's... And this was only, this was like a few months after Pretty Hate Machine had come out. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know what they were, <laughs> I don't know what they were, they were getting on, getting on with there. But. Is that the same Super Mario Brothers 3? Are the names all like rock inspired? I remember they see, seeing like an Iggy and a Lemmy in there as well. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I possibly. thought Iggy and Lemmy were sort of mainstays of the series. That would make mm. sense. That would make yeah. sense. They're more historical. Um, mm. some, some of them are new, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I always find, I still find it now, even playing the recent, the recent Wii U game, 3D World. Uh, Mario in, in the, the bosses where it's just basically a Koopa, I would still find them quite, I don't know, they're, they're, they're quite unlike anything else. You have to jump on their head three times. Mm-hmm. And that, and sometimes it feels like, I don't mind because I, I really hate overly stressful boss fights, but compared to some of the sort of quite involved stuff in the Galaxy games, these these boss fights definitely feel like from they're from another time now where yeah. you 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 have a you have an enemy it crawls up to the ceiling jumps down the ceiling you jump on his head you do that twice more it's all over i mean i'm 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 pretty fine with that because normally you you've gone through some sort of trial to get there mm. um and it if you're not abusing save states on the Wii U version it could it could be pretty heartbreaking to have to go through the entire level to get back if you'd run out of lives yeah. and whatever yeah, those boss fights, like, like you say, they're pretty. But well, back in back in the day, they, they were quite exciting because the first, I remember, I still remember the first time I saw those. You were like, "How's this one going to act?" And you know, sometimes it, it'd run up the wall and then he'd make you stagger on the on the floor. So yeah, you yeah. learn. Like you know, it sounds quite basic mm. now, but when I was a kid, that was kind of like revelatory. You know, it's like, "Wow, I have to jump when he lands," and I, I honestly yeah. remember that mm. as a thing. Yeah. But yeah, even seeing that in 3D world, it's kind of like, ah, oh, these guys again, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I always turned invisible, but you know, because I played so many games, I'm sort of jaded to it all now. And I could, I could sort of <laughs> see where he's going to be. Yeah, it's a weird one. I kind of wish that those bosses were, were more than, than what they are now, but definitely back in the day, I remember just sort of not dreading going into that kind of boss arena fight, but I just remember like, like you say, like losing a life or the last life on that fight. You're like, no, no, because <laughs> of, the, the save system has always bugged me since forever. Like, you know, get to a castle and save, and sure, that puts tension on the game. But at the same time, I just don't... I, I don't agree to using save states all the time, but I want something a bit more lenient than do six levels and then you can save. I, I still think that's a yeah. bit too harsh, and I always have done. Um, yeah, I mean, 3D World, obviously, we, we're referencing it because it's recent and it's the latest game in the series, but that saves after you do everything, yeah. anything. You know, every time you come out of a bonus stage, it saves. Mm. Um, and, you know, going back over 20 years, yeah, I, I, I actually, I was completely, even, even though I've, I've dipped into the game every few years since then, I like, I have to do how many levels before it saves? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> Uh, I mean, fortunately, again, you know, the virtual console does the thing where if you just close down, it remembers, it remembers the point that you're at. Um, mm. even if you don't do a manual save state, but yeah, certainly I think when I said earlier about, you know, urging people to play it properly, I think a certain amount of extra saves on the world map is entirely understandable mm. in, oh, yeah. in the modern world. Yeah. Um, I if mean, you're not a child who has unlimited time. Yeah. It's funny because we, we're so spoiled with auto saves now. Yeah. Um, mm. like I remember, yeah, so the other day 
started playing through Mario World again, um, and then, yeah, got to the Switch Palace, and then it's like, okay, now do you want to save? And it's like, Jesus, you mean you haven't been already yeah, this exactly. whole time? Like, yeah. <laughs> what about the... Uh, Darren, you've played the GBA version, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the saving situation there? Because that's obviously it's a handheld version as well. So as, as far as I can remember, it's exactly the same. They still really still treat it. I'm sure there's a sleep mode in it. I do recall uh-huh. that you can pause it mm-hmm. and press L and R together, and it goes into a sleep stasis mode. So if you're on the bus or something, that's definitely right. true with Yoshi's Island because I've been playing it on the 3DS recently, and there's definitely a sleep yeah. mode embedded within that ROM. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, saving is strictly just down to the, the way it always has been, which is bonkers for a handheld because if those batteries die. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the old blinking light starts going off. You're like, oh no! <sighs> the old days. So one of the most, uh, the I think is probably one of the most often misquoted uh, facts in gaming um, is the 96 levels thing. It used, to, I think, <laughs> magazines started it. Um, it Super Mario World doesn't have 96 levels. It has, uh, I think, it's 72 levels, um, and it's 96 exits to levels. Um, but I can't remember the exact number you have to do to get to the end, but it's own, it's, it's only in, in the traditional fashion, well, traditional of fashion of the games that followed this, you don't need to have done everything to, you know, beat Bowser and complete the game. But, uh, if you, if you do want to do more than, uh, get to world seven, I think it's seven worlds in this one. Is it eight? Is it eight including the star world or special world? Anyway, if, Anyway, if you want to do more than defeat Bowser and his 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 scary clown balloon, um, the where the the place you need to go is first the Star World, and that's that's cool. That's a place. It's a secret. You get off there from the Vanilla Dome, um, and that is a collection of five uh, Star World levels. Mm. What? Um, now, I don't remember the specifics of these levels. I remember them being interesting. Oh, they're ridiculous. Uh, what you can, <laughs> uh, Star World or Star Road is, is interesting because you can, you see these, st- these stars on the map at any point in the game. You're like, well, how do I get to that? And, you know, you can sort of tell that through the world map red dots that something's going on because you've worked out mm-hmm. by then that there are secret exits and stuff like that. But you're still mm-hmm. never sure exactly how to get to these stars. And even when I play it now, like, you know, I've 96 it this on the Wii U and I still don't remember how to get every single one straight away no, they're, they're no. always still a mystery which is a mainstay for Mario games there's always these secrets that lurk beyond the level that you can see straight ahead of you and yeah but, like, when you first find one and I, I think I think the first one I found wasn't the one in Vanilla Dome it's something right at the end and I was like well what's this Like you, you're like in, the, in, a, in a corner of the star map and you finish a level and it, it branches off to the next one and you're like, okay, yeah, this is a world map and it's going as as I, as intended, like level to level to level. And then you realise that the star goes back on itself and you're like, well, this, is, is that it? And then, you know, the, the, and then you realise there's actually like an, a layer of secrets be, embedded within the star road levels. And it's, mm. you know, it takes you to the, the next bit beyond that, which is um, absolutely bonkers. But yeah, star road is, is like a fan favourite. You know, I've been on Nintendo forums for years, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's the way I am. Um, and people are like, oh, I wish they'd bring back Star Road. And it's, it's definitely one of those things that's always been like a massive highlight for, you know, any Mario fan. It's, it's They're fun. still there, but by another name. I mean, we've had Purple Comets and we've had, uh, mm. the, you know, there's a spoiler. There's a, there's a secret space themed world at the end of 3D World mm. and, and so on and so forth. I mean, 3D Land has a fantastic secret, which opens up a whole new load of stuff. I mean, it's, 
it's just not there in exactly the same way. Although I think it is in the U version of the, the Wii, the Wii and Wii U versions. There's um, Star Road equivalents in, or similar. In the Wii U version, there is actually a Star Road in the shape of a star. In the Wii right. version, it's kind of like how specials laid out in Super Mario World. You know, sort of like a series of points, but it, right. with a colourful yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not specifically a star, but there is okay. an extra world in there. Well, we'll talk about those when we do the new mm. Super Mario Brothers. What's the um, the message that it spells out with the coins in the first star? Isn't it like you are a super player or something? Yeah, well, that was that was one of the things that was tweaked from the Japanese version to the English because mm. um, yeah, I think in the original it's uh, it's like you are super player, and right. um, but they they changed it to you are a super player. Because um, <laughs> I remember and, reading that and being like, yes, yes, I yes. Am. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, that's right. It was, you are super player. You are a super player. And, um, interestingly, another piece of minutia is that in the original Japanese version, that those words weren't made of coins. So it's actually possible to get more points yeah. in the uh, Western versions because you can <laughs> eat them up. You also, there's also another level, uh, around there. I can't remember where it, exactly which one, um, where you can see, uh, Yoshi's name spelled out in the Japanese fashion, which is Y-O-S-S-Y. Mm. Yoshi. Yeah. And so once you've done the Star Road world type area, five levels of that, uh, then the ultimate challenge awaits. Special zone or special world. (laughs) Uh, It tells you it's special. It has the Super Famicom logo at the top of the screen. Uh, It has the word special spelled out in twinkly stars. And it has eight levels of pure Mario misery. So we haven't (laughs) even said at this point, it's, you know, it's completely gone without saying that we all know that the control in this game is perfect can we say or like you know it's i mean that's it's a subjective thing but uh you know it controls like a mario game some people don't get on with the inertia so much but i i feel like and having gone back to the older games again recently this was the 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 most perfect uh kind of manifestation of the mario controls yet Mm. and to prove this they gave you the toughest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> most bitching set of levels that they could possibly come up with. Um, there's there's some stuff in here which is you know right up there with with the lost levels stuff. See, I found I don't know if this is just me having played a lot more Yoshi's Island in my time. I found going back to Mario World that it did feel very stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a bit of and if you played N or N plus, mm, yes, um, yeah. which is great, but there's that feeling that you're sort of fighting against the inertia. Right, rather than working with it, and I, I okay. did feel that going back to Mario World, but I don't, I, that may just be a case of getting used to it again. I'm not sure. Yeah, I certainly had that going back to um, to the first game, um, mm, yeah. especially the NES version, and less so. I think you know there, there is probably like you play you know again to reference it again to you play 3D World now, and I know it's it's not 2D in the same way, but the controls on that game are just so ludicrously responsive. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. I think it is just something they've they've softened on slowly over the years, isn't it? Um, Honed and honed and honed. Yeah, Mm. like the further you go back, the tougher Mm. it seems. But like, Mm. at no point was it ever a bad control scheme. Yeah, and and tediously, it is worth saying that the PAL version was not as good to control as the NTSC version because of, you know, the extra, the extra whatever percent that we agreed it is, um, (laughs) speed difference (laughs) and responsiveness. Um, But yes, these levels... Uh, now I haven't played the special area, uh, since probably, I probably had another, once I did that 96 exit, um, in 2001, I think it was, I probably went back to the special world and had a play and was like, yeah, you need to be, 
you need to be in the zone and you need to be in a kind of zen state of calm before you even attempt these mm-hmm. um you will lose lives you will need to go back to the main game and rack up lives using the inevitable uh, one up uh, cheat and you will expect to have to die over and over again put on a podcast <laughs> listen to two hours of that and maybe you'll have got to the halfway take checkpoint on one of these levels if indeed they had them um <laughs> yeah yeah, the, yeah so the zone sort of blew my mind as a kid and it's you know this game is so prominent in my mind even as a kid like i, I still remember just thinking what does tubular and gnarly mean or gnarly <laughs> but why are these gnarly. What, what are these words and i had to sort of like I don't know how I found out that they were Americanisms, uh, maybe a Nintendo mm. magazine, but it was all like 90s words that were cool in America, like gnarly chiller, yes. yeah dude, and I was like, right, so these levels must be well, really see, good then, and then you, you play This actually them. confused me for a while, because I, yeah, I always thought gnarly meant something was good, but it can also mean something's like really sketchy and rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a gnarled tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, um, mm. yeah so. I, I guess it's like a skater sort of talk isn't it where bad means mm. good and gnarly also means good I was going to say actually yeah I mean nowadays something being ill yeah, is sick. good yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like it just totally blew my mind I was like well obviously these levels are going to be amazing it says special so they've got to be something good uh, let, mm. let's check it out and I think it was like the first time I'd ever been truly tested you know as myself as a gamer like I think once this is like a rite of passage for gamers like as a kid like if you were to do this when you're like 9 or whatever I was or 10 you were sort mm. of in from then on. You're like, yeah, I did it. And it was like one of those first ones where you like, same as uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 as well, because I remember that game being really hard. It's sort of like, yeah, I did it. And you were like, you were proud that you did it rather than you were just playing video games. It was definitely, mm. well, it was the Super Meat Boy of its era in terms of difficulty. Yeah. It was such a, you know, it was proper pad throwing, swearing, tantrums, teeth grinding, thigh punching, <laughs> misery. But also the flip side was, Every time you died, you knew it was your fault. It's yeah. another cliche. Yeah. And you could ultimately prevail with a lot of practice, a bit of luck, a good deal of skill. And the, the moment of getting through the end tape on those levels, you know, is, is a proper, you know, punch in the air mm. moment. As far as I can establish, uh, the, the, the American dudism names for the special levels, uh, were taken over from the Japanese version. Um, right. so I, I, I was kind of hoping they had, they had crazy original Japanese names, mm. but there's no mention of that. However, they did get translated into Spanish, French, and German for the GBA version. <laughs> so there are, there are alternative, uh, so Gnarly became Enredado, which means tangled in I Spanish. Was just for a literal translation. That yeah. Probably makes newer, no sense. And ex, uh, but in German, extraordinary, extraordinary, oh, okay. and so on. We won't do them all, but um, yeah, there you go. Um, we've we've skipped uh, the ghost mansions, of course. And uh, I think was this yeah. the first one to have them? They weren't, they weren't in Mario Three, were they? No, they're not in the same way. They no, have mini no, castles no. and larger castles, but yeah, no ghost houses. That's right. Yeah, the ghost mansion. Yeah, they're, that they're brilliant. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that's a, another tradition that this this kicked off and has endured since um in that they're just this very special breed of level where it's all about sort of really sort of deceptive yeah. design yeah um but in a way that just makes you laugh it's never like you know to describe it, oh well basically it's um a level where nothing's quite as it seems and stuff like tricks you all the time like that sort of seems fundamentally against decent game design where it's all about informing the player and trying, you know <laughs> allowing you to figure out what's going on but this is kind of the opposite of that, but in a really brilliant, fun way. 
there are always there are always clues. Yeah, they're they're kind of like I suppose they're like the the twenty something year old equivalent of like antechamber or something like mm-hmm. that. In that they're they're that sort of slightly illogical thinking that you always have to do, but but yeah. still remembering the rules of the game. All, all times. I mean, there's some great use of um, things like the, the P switches, which transform coins into blocks, mm-hmm. and um, plays on. Obviously, we talked about the famous uh, jumping outside the play area in, in the original game, mm. Super Mario Brothers. Um, there are some ghost house bits where you need to actually work out how to uh, to get outside the play area, um, mm. make a ghostly door appear, um, tease tease a, a, a boo block that follows you. Um, into a place and then shame it into hiding um, <laughs> by looking at it and then use it as a platform to 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 get to a higher area stuff like that yeah it's again, amazing just, because the, it's the sort of yeah. thing that like you would you wouldn't you would you wouldn't expect them to do this in like the first game on the format um, mm. like you would think this is the sort of stuff that you would come up with after you're like really well versed in you know the mechanics you've come up with and what they can do and. And then, you know, like two years later, you go back to it and like, oh, actually, we could do all this other stuff. But they just do it straight away in Mario World. And, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. It's... And it was... Sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, like, with, with the Mario World being an introduction to, uh, to ghost houses, I, mm. I was thinking, have we seen booze before? But I think they appear in Mario Brothers 3. But it's amazing yeah. how seamless and, you know, just natural it felt for there to be a ghost house on the map. And obviously they're bruising there because mm. it's a ghost house. And, <laughs> you know, um, I remember to get to the special zone from Star Road, Star World, um, there's a really fiendish puzzle. Because when you pop that P-switch and you get the little noise, you know, that sort of that countdown timer that's... Yeah, that kind of jingle. And you like, you hear it speeding up. And there's a moment where you have to control a series of coins off of screen, which then turn into blocks, which lead to a coin at the top of the... You know, at the top of the screen, and it's just like, how do they get away with that and make it feel like um, not uh, not cheap, but at the same time, like uh, like most uh, I hate to say this, but like you know, if anyone else had tried that, maybe it would it would have seemed really tacky and cheap. But here it's just like, <laughs> how do they get away with that stuff? Like, how do they make me feel really intelligent, even though I've sort of failed? It's like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I've missed off by one, and you sort of have to like use your your mind's eye to sort of get around it. And I don't think I've ever seen another developer be that brave with its like game design. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, control a series of coins off a screen that you you know you can't obviously see. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> and like you say, to do it first time for you know for, for nailing it first time. I don't even think they've done it better like since that since this game. Mm-hmm. It's uh mm-hmm. yeah, it is utter madness. But yeah, booze are um like you say, it's quite the ghost houses are deceptive. And I like how over the course of the twenty odd years we've been playing Mario games. You, you know what's coming, but at the same time, even in the Mario 3D world, it still messes with you. You're like, oh yeah. no, what is going on? Like, there are about a billion doors, and how do I go? Which one do I go through? But mm. the, the ultimate thing to take away from Ghost Houses is, is leaving Yoshi behind at the door, as well as the castle and <laughs> stuff. Because it is so sad. And he's, in a cutscene. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. just bopping up and down at the door, and you're like, oh god, I don't want to. <laughs> I wish I could take him. Why can't you take him? In? I think he's scared, isn't he? I think that's the, that's the law behind it, if there was Mario law. <laughs> Mm. I think he's just a bit of a chicken. Stupid Yoshi. He's brave. He's a brave man. He's a uh, boy. Well, um, I mean, you say that. I mean, I know we've already discussed Yoshi, but sod him going back to him. Um, he is. This is probably like his most helpless incarnation, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yes. Especially when you play Yoshi's Island, which is set before this, and like you know, Yoshi's yeah. the one doing all the work. 
Absolutely. And yet, yeah. in Mario World, he just does what you tell him, and if he gets hit, he cries and runs away. And like, and just <laughs> he's two years later, he sprouted arms and could drive a car. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> that's, that's evolution yeah. right there, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um, we must move on mm-hmm. to uh, the next game. The, the last thing I just wanted to say is, it, it's all talking about you know, amazing for a SNES launch title, amazing for all sorts of game design reasons. But also, this was actually, thinking about it, it was really only the third proper Mario game. Mm-hmm. If if we discount the Lost Levels and we discount Super Mario Brothers 2, which yeah. was Doki Doki Panic, mm-hmm. um, and discount Mario Brothers um, and Donkey Kong. <laughs> if we'd, This is the third proper Super Mario game. Super Mario Brothers, yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario Brothers 4, Super Mario World. So this was, you know, quite early in the, in the evolution of Mario. Mm. Think how many games there have been since. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you imagine if, if like any other series showed that much progress <laughs> in so yeah. few games? Amazing. There may be some, but, uh, that's a conversation for another time. Now. <laughs> The inclusion of this one um, is uh, almost uh, controversial to have it as a core Mario game, especially when um, editorially I've decided that um, the reason we're not doing 3D Land and 3D World as part of this podcast series is because because 3D Land is a handheld game and called Land, I've decided it's part of the Land series and we're not doing <laughs> Super Mario Land and Six Golden Coins and because that takes us into... WarioWare, yeah. uh, Wario World, and then WarioWare, and that takes us into the shake dimension and Wario World on the GameCube, and it's a minefield. So, um, but one day, all all of those games could be caned and rinsed. However, um, again, talking about the, the original title uh, in Japan, the game that we know as Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island was simply called Super Mario Colon Yoshi Island. So that makes there more was, sense. I yeah, I yeah. do. I think I think it's very clear, especially in hindsight. That they just call it Super Mario World Two, just because they, you know, that would probably help it sell. Absolutely, but um, it's kind of buried away in the top left of the box. I, I, yeah, I mean, jumping ahead from my history of the game, but I never knew mm. it was a sequel to Mario World until I finished it, and I saw the front of the box, and I was really? like, "Is this a sequel to Mario World Two? Like, it genuinely took it back to choices, and was like, "Is that a choices rental shop?" Sorry, back in the day, I was like, "That yeah. was a sequel to Mario." Like, it blew my mind. Like, I didn't know that was a sequel until I, you know played it and finished it mm-hmm. so other in- we'll, we'll come back to our histories mm. uh, a sort of another interesting thing about Super Mario World 2 let's call it Yoshi's Island from now on mm-hmm. um, it is a prequel um, but it's sort of interesting how the only two obviously we had Mario Kart in the meantime and, and various other things um, Mario Paint uh, the two core Mario games if this is one really bookended the SNES's Super Famicom's life I mean mm. There were still some Famicom SNES carts that came out beyond 1995, but they, this, at this point, we already had the PlayStation and the Saturn in this country, um, and certainly elsewhere. Uh, and so, yeah, it, this was, you know, end of generation stuff. Um, indeed, August 
1995 in Japan and October 95 in America and Europe. Also uh, interesting that we closed the gap on the release dates there as well. Yes. Um, yeah, well, I think they were playing, yeah, playing for time really because oh, yeah. the, I mean, the, was the N64 already out in Japan when this came out? It may well have been, I think, yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the GBA version, which was uh, Super Mario Advance 3, came out in all regions in September, October uh, 2002. Um, Darren can tell us a little bit about that one as well. Um, and the, the most upsetting thing is, I used to have this game, of course. <laughs> I've completed it. Um, I had a PAL SNES, as I mentioned. Um, one day I intend to have a an NTSC, uh, all region, 60 hertz SNES and N64, um, and, and get these games on cartridge again. But until then, it's really hard to actually play this game without mm. playing the GBA version which I could play and actually use my Game Boy player to play it on, on the telly screen. That is one way of doing it. But the 3DS Virtual Console version exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, it was <laughs> for amba- ambassadors only. I didn't have enough money to buy a 3DS at launch. No, I've bought, so. I've spent so much money on you, Nintendo. And you've, <laughs> and they did 10, they did 10 free GBA games, uh, all of which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, in December 2011, and all those lucky people who bought a 3DS early, um, I mean, what a bundle that was. Yeah. Just so what else was good. In it? I mean, there was, there was this, there was Metroid Fusion, uh, Fire Emblem, um, DS, oh God, uh, yeah. GBA, sorry, there's F Zero Maximum Velocity, there's WarioWare, there's. Uh, <laughs> so oh, I've got them all on my 3DS, and. Oh, what, what, the, uh, Wario Land 4 is another one. The, the, they could have done They could have done one game, and people would have gone, oh, that's yes. nice. Yeah. They gave you 10 GBA games and there are still zero GBA games to buy, even though the emulation clearly works perfectly for anybody they, yeah. else. It's so frustrating because they've clearly done the work. Mm. And I, I don't understand why they can't just sell it. This could be called a 16-bit swan song. And whereas uh, we talked about Mode 7 in the original, this game obviously also uses uh, the Mode 7 uh Function of the of the of the Super NES graphic chip, but this also featured the uh, Super FX2 uh, chip, mm. um, the, the 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 thing that came after the one. We obviously we did a Star Fox Star Wing podcast, and we talked about the FX chip, which was developed in conjunction with Argonaut over here to to create this 3D thing. Um, but in this game, it's it's the more powerful version of the chip, and it handles um, basic basically polygon stuff. There's some oh. there's some polygon platforms. Um, there's extra parallax scrolling and and various things. Um, but that's probably as cool as that is. That's probably not the first thing that strikes you about the look of this game, is it? No, it's the um, the sort of funny sort of hand drawn crayon art style, isn't it? Yeah, right from the off, mm. um, you know this is something different to to what's gone before um, because it, it has this yeah this organic childlike look um, the thing it always reminded me of um, and this this I might be the only one old enough but um, the rhubarb and custard cartoons of the 70s um, had this sort of thing where um, everything all the animals looked like they were coloured in with scribble mm, yeah. and mm. and, it, yeah, and it used to shake and, and it had a very similar a similar uh, yeah. aesthetic does, to yeah. that do we, uh, should we tell the story of, of how this came about? Yes, please. please um, so Miyamoto was working on this and he'd, he'd played around with the sort of crayon style, but it wasn't like a, a huge feature of the game. Mm. Um, 
And then apparently some executives at Nintendo were flown over to have a look at Donkey Kong Country. Mm. Um, and they were totally enamored with the sort of faux 3D effects in it. Um, and then they basically went back to Miyamoto and said, right, you need to make Yoshi's Island look like this because it's the future and it's incredible. And apparently he was absolutely furious. Um, and he'd, he'd already gone on record or uh, no, possibly hadn't gone on record, but he certainly said, at some stage, Miyamoto, that he didn't really like Donkey Kong That's Country. right, he thought it was awful, didn't he? He oh, yeah. totally yeah. slagged it off, I remember right. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, so in response to that, he, he pushed even harder with the uh, the crayon style in Yoshi's Island. And thank God he did, because it's lovely. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's. Uh, I think that's the reason why I rented it as a, as a kid. Uh, but partly, mm-hmm. you know, Yoshi's on the front cover, and so is the, you know, the Mario Baby Bros, at, at least. Uh, mm. it, it pulls you in, like, straight away. It, you know, it, like I say, thinking at the time, you know, that looks completely different to what Mario games had looked like before. And, you know, I remember mm-hmm. renting it and finishing it within the, the three day rental period that I had as a, as a 12, 13 year old kid. <laughs> I even yeah. remember boasting as I handed it back over the desk, like, do you get a prize for beating it so soon? And they're like, they, they sort of ignored me and I, me and my brother just walked out. Ah, oh, good times. Good, good, good humiliating times. But, um, yeah, the, the hand drawn look is, is utterly stunning as, mm. you know, as is, Everything about that game that, that you know that's, that's to do with the visuals and the audio—it's a—it's an utterly mm. charming piece of software. Mm. And it's funny how uh, you look at—I forget what they call it—the DS one was that Yoshi's New Island, or is that the that, one that's, that's the about 3DS to one? This that's is, the 3DS this, one. This, this is Yoshi's, is Yoshi's Island DS—is that the right name? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, looks crap in comparison. Um, just incredibly flat, boring. Um, just clearly not uh, the same people involved in making it. But that, uh, that yeah, speaks volumes because I, I saw you talking about it mm. on uh, on Twitter. Like, yeah, they did a DS mm. one. I was like, they totally did a DS one, and I, I played that, but I completely forgot about it as soon as it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's poo, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's not shit by any means. It's just, just there's, it's just weirdly there's just nothing to it. It's just lifeless. Yeah, um, which is weird because you. Which think I mean, obviously, being such a huge fan of Yoshi's Island, I was well up for it. But yeah, played it. Yeah, really disappointed. You think the charm would come from, you know, the inherent nature of the visuals and the audio, but for some mm-hmm. reason it was just sort of devoid of, you know, any yeah. of that in, in the DS game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. X-Factor, magic, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, structurally, as we said, you could almost uh, say that um, Yoshi's Island was a simplification compared to mm-hmm. Super Mario World. You've simply got six worlds. Um, there's no star world. There's no special world. Each of the six worlds has one extra level, uh, which is only uh, unlocked by acing all the other levels on the world. Now, acing the levels on the world in this game is a very different sort of challenge to anything mm. faced in a Mario game before. Mm-hmm. Care to... Yeah, so expand. There's a whole bunch of things you have to get, don't you? To so you get, yeah, basically, if you get hundred points on a level, that's, that's your uh, that's your goal. But they're achieved through like a bunch of different ways. In each level, mm. there's five flowers, which are each worth ten points, if I remember right. Um, mm. And then there's the is it eight red coins? What was uh, it? Yeah, I think. Possibly. And then they're worth a certain amount. I can't remember. Yeah, no, it can't be eight because it has to. It adds up to a multiple of ten, doesn't it? A number of red coins, a, a which, of, an which are missable, yeah. or can be missable, yeah. um, um, and similarly, uh, you have to be fully stocked with time at the that's end. That's right, because when you, when you get hit, 
Baby Mario flies off you and you've got, well, to begin, you start the level with 10 seconds to get him back, don't you? And I think it always recharges to 10, doesn't it, at least? That's right. But you, yeah, yeah you collect these little stars, which add seconds to that with it up to a maximum of 30. So yeah, you need to have finished the level having found all the stuff and but essentially without having been hit. Although well, I mean, you can get hit, but you've got to make sure you get those stars back somehow, which isn't always possible. Um, if, if you've taken damage at any point. Um, unless you get really skillful with um, bouncing the eggs off surfaces and then catching them again. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, yes, egg shooting. Yeah, so you shoot the eggs every time they bounce off a surface. That's right. Uh, if they bounce off once, they go yellow, and then is it orange, then red, mm. and then possibly the, the sort of multicoloured one, or is that only special? I, can't I think, yeah, you only find them at certain points in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, long story short, if you can bounce an egg off two surfaces and then catch it again with your tongue, it'll be red. Oh, wow. um, and then you can throw it again and some stars come out of it. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, and I've, yeah, and I've, I've had like moments where I've gone through 11, I've got everything, but I'm like, you know, four stars short of getting the full score. Oh, wow. So I've just had to like run around trying to find a suitable wall to like bounce the oh, egg off. And... I think if I'd known that, that might have helped yeah. because. I was coming on to this. Uh, now, I, I, I adored a lot of things about this game. Um, as I say, I came on to this. Obviously, this was now a couple of years after having done all 95, I thought, of mm. <laughs> exits on Super <laughs> Mario World. Um, I was certainly up for some more. I'd played All Stars in the meantime. Um, I loved the look of it. I loved the 3D map. I loved the intro sequence. It was adorable. It was charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found... Even just playing the game normally, uh, which I, you know, I completed it. I did all the levels in the, in the normal way with whatever scores I got. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the baby Mario keeping him together, keeping him on my Yoshi's back quite stressful. Um, I particularly ex- exacerbated by <laughs> the extraordinary noise, uh, the racket <laughs> that he makes when, when he's, when he's flying off. Um, and then it was, this is one of the Mario games that I've never properly finished because do that in conjunction with the hundred points mechanic with missable red coins and things like that, it was too much for me to bear. I did the special road, a special world mm. in Super Mario World, but Yoshi's Island in the end stressed me out and, and I wasn't enjoying it anymore trying to get the hundred points. So yeah. I, I stopped. I recently yeah, playing enough. it on the 3DS because I'm an ambassador. Little show off there. I've got an ambassador. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played yeah. on the 3DS, the GBA version, Super Mario Advance 3. I think that's right. Um, mm-hmm. they've added extra levels per world. So Ooh. you don't need to get a hundred points in, you know, a hundred percent in the world to unlock the extra level. Uh, you get that after a certain threshold. But if you do 100% that extra level, you unlock a secret level in that world as well. But even mm-hmm. that, like you say, Leon, um, I also struggle from looking after a baby Mario and that the, obviously, <laughs> I, like, when I have a child, I know it's going to scream and stuff and I can't just turn <laughs> my child off because it's annoying me <laughs> like I do in this game. And I understand that a baby cries when it, when it's lost and stuff like that. I understand, you know. the It won't have a three second audio loop, though, will it? <laughs> I so, don't know. Well, hopefully not. It's just a, a long one, a long scream. Now, yeah, um, but every time, every time that baby Mario, you know, gets knocked off my back or sometimes get captured by uh, a cat, a shy guy, I just, it stresses mm. me out. More than most games ever deserve to. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, it must just be a weird sort of instinct thing, and in that you, you. I mean, obviously, the sound of the baby crying is sort of inherently upsetting. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if it's just that, or if it's just an especially annoying sample of a baby crying. But yeah, a, a lot of people seem to get really bothered by it. It's very urgent. It's very loud. It's like <laughs> I mean, I love I love the audio 
in this yes. game. Mm-hmm. I think it's one, one one of the you know. I mean, there's a lot of amazing audio in Mario games. Mm-hmm. I I love I love a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that disappoints me a little about the the new Super Mario Brothers games, mm-hmm. um, but that sound just became pervasive, and I realised <laughs> that's the point. Mm-hmm. But it, it it did become it actually put me off. It actually yeah, like you say, it was actually a barrier to me doing what I wanted to do, which was continue to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just the baby crying. It was, as I say, it was the combination of baby Mario's upset with <laughs> the fact that I think most situations in Super Mario World, you could quickly rectify things if you did wrong. So say if there was a place where you needed to get a feather to, to go, there would normally be a way of regenerating that, even if even if you uh, maybe some, sometimes you had to actually get out the level and do it again but but missable red coins it was the thing of getting 78 70 80 90 through a level and then a little hovering dude comes on the screen and you haven't got an egg on you at the time or you <laughs> you you miss you narrowly miss with your egg and you've missed that red coin and you end up with a score of 90 or whatever it was mm. and then you have to do the whole process again and i, I found that it was yeah it was just just off putting it's not quite it's not it's never been done quite the same way in any of the other games i don't think mm. it's one of the things that makes a game stand apart but equally um a friend of mine who i know adored this game it was an absolute fixture in his uh, snes for many years you know he i think we, we talked earlier uh, about the the 20 million units that super mario world sold well this game did all right it sold Four million units, but I think I know a lot of people at the time who missed this because they'd already they'd done the generation up thing. They they mm-hmm. they're already onto PlayStation and stuff, and games like this looked, you know, kind of retro and old hat. And I, I mean, I think it's a tragedy that only a, a fifth of the people played this sequel as the game. Even though I prefer Super Mario World to Yoshi's Island, mm-hmm. it's not five times as good. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would certainly urge anyone. Who played and enjoyed Super Mario World to to play this game? It's funny, like it, it seems clear that Nintendo um, seems to think this is the definitely the poorer of the two because when you consider, like we were saying, so many um, aspects of Super Mario World have now become sort of tropes in in yeah. other Mario games. Mm. Whereas Yoshi's Island, I mean, you know, we've had one, well, now you know, soon to be two sort of sequels that have just been farmed out to. Uh, second party uh, developers yep. um, and that that's it <laughs> it, it, mm. it seems they've uh... and they never re-release it although that seems well, yeah. to be possibly something to do with the FX chip because they've they've not mm. released any um, any virtual console games that featured FX chips mm. which I, I don't know if that's their yeah, emulation that's software they're not happy yeah. with it you can yeah. see it in the 3DS when it's when it swaps levels you know it has that sort of mm-hmm. pulse to the left as like a little sort of a drag effect that the level has. Yeah. You can see mm. in the background of the black loading screen, it's sort of artifacts and it glitches out a little bit. That's right, yeah. It's the, cause I had the mm. Game Boy mm. Advance version as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, sorry, it's exactly the same, yeah. It's interesting. It stretches the machine in the same way that Super Mario Brothers 3 had extra chip technology in the cart, as we discussed on the previous mm-hmm. podcast, and also stretched the NES because you can see that game glitching regularly when it's scrolling different, you know, colour yeah. palette things, messing up mm-hmm. artifacts and mm-hmm. things like that. There's actually um, a bunch of weird changes to the Game Boy Advance version. Um, yeah, a few of the sounds were changed. Um, mm. Yoshi, instead of doing a weird sort of fluttery noise when he does his flutter jump, he it has that sound of him sort of straining, which <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> yeah. we're now used to. Um, I really miss Yoshi's original noises. I still yeah. think that his one noise from 
Mario world is his best noise. And it makes me sad that they've replaced him with this kind of high pitched, uh, kind of, you know, helium voiced <laughs> thing. But the other one that's even weirder is the, uh, the shy guys when they appear out of the pipes. Um, mm. yeah, in the original SNES version, they just made this weird noise. Um, but in the Game Boy Advance one, they, they say hey and then ho as they jump out, oh, they which I, I mm. realized years later is actually the Japanese name for him is hey ho. Um, ah, I, and I actually, it's the, <laughs> I corrected a Wikipedia article on them because it mentions, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. the, the Wikipedia article mentions, oh yeah, the shy guys are originally called Heyo in Japan. Uh, mm. I've never spoken. We've never, we don't know what they sound like. like uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> so yeah. in the Game Boy Advance version of Yoshi's Island, they say their own name. You're fighting the uh, good as fight. They jump out of pipes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I made that edit and then I think someone erased it in, a few oh. days after, which is good. Um, yeah, they, Nintendo did this. Uh, they also added some. Uh, they added some of Link's um, ocarina noises to to link to the past and stuff yeah. like that, didn't they? I guess they had extra um, extra room on the yeah. smaller GBA carts yeah, than the old yeah, yeah. SNES carts. Um, but the other Memory weird change is the mm. uh, in the SNES version, the red coins basically look normal, but there's a certain mm. tint to them. It's a shimmer. Yeah. yeah. But on the Game Boy Advance one, it's a lot. I can't remember, it may be either more difficult or maybe uh, uh, totally impossible to spot. Uh, oh. I seem to remember they look almost identical yeah. to the regular oh. coins. Yeah, they, I, I thought going... they'd be easier, if anything, because that was, that was another issue I had. Sometimes you'd miss one because mm-hmm. you just didn't catch that glint. Nah, yeah, it's weird. They, yeah, they, uh, you go back yeah. to the SNES version, it's like, holy shit, they're all the red ones. Like They seem so obvious after playing the uh, GPA version. I just want them to release the NTSC US version <laughs> on Wii U. Just please yeah, do that. It would be really please. nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice oh, if they had it as an unlockable in the 3DS version, eh? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, oh. go, look, this, <laughs> this is the good version. No, I, I hope the 3DS one's good. I'm just uh, trying not to be too hopeful after the one on the DS. Well, that's it. Yeah. Most Yoshi games since Mario World 2 haven't been the greatest, have they? Like, yeah. I, I've always seen this as like a Obviously, this is a prequel to Mario Brothers. I've only realised that recently that this game is a prequel, prequel to yeah, everything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> so I was yeah. Playing, They're babies. I was playing it on the 3DS in my kitchen, just waiting for Kettle to boil. And Kamek come along during mm. one of the amazing boss fights, and it was like, <laughs> if if we capture him now, this would be an end to all the future problems or something like that. I'm like, and I stopped mm. and I was like, is this a prequel? I've never known that. <laughs> like, it's a sequel to World, which is like the fourth one in. But it's a prequel mm-hmm. to all the Mario, like, and for such a Mario fan boy that I am, was like I've never really paid attention to the chronology, yeah, because I'm an, I'm also a bit normal and I don't really care about how it's chronological, <laughs> like, like the Zelda timeline. Who really cares? Like the Mario timeline. Yeah, but yeah. where did Yoshi disappear to for all those years in between times? <laughs> yeah, the ghost why did it become man? loads more stupid? It's chicken. <laughs> and then later learn how to drive a car. So yeah, it, it, and to be honest, it was the reason why I carried on playing Ant because of this podcast that I played it through was the fact that in the knowledge that if I took him to the end, Mario Brothers one would happen. Like it's a bit like you know, <laughs> it's a bit minded like that. Like yeah, he can now do Mario Brothers one. But I love that. It genuinely pulled me through the rest of the game. Oh. And uh, yeah, like, the otherwise uh, you would have caused a rift in the space time <laughs> continuum. Yeah, but yeah, this um, that is amazing. Yeah, uh, I, you mentioned the boss fights. We should talk about them. Yeah, boss, talk about the boss fights. The, these are these are um, these use mode seven and the extra uh, extra chip power to mm-hmm. to effect, and they're just generally highly imaginative and mm-hmm. laugh out loud funny. Well, yeah. they're, they're like the complete yeah. reverse of Super Mario World bosses in the fact that they're really like inventive, and yeah. you don't you don't feel completely lost when you when you first enter the boss room. Like you know, you, you see him transform in front of you from a little minion into a bigger version of that minion, and but mm-hmm. you sort of know. 
pretty much straight away via experimentation what's going on. Like it's yeah. like most boss fights for me are just like I'm in a room with a boss, right? Let's let's die and see how you know how I'm <laughs> going to learn from this. Like Met- Metroid Prime is a great one for that for me. Like, I don't really know what's going mm. on until I die. Whereas this is like you have enough time to think and experiment, and then you know what's going on. And I just, yeah, yeah. I, I thought all the bosses in this game were uh, arguably the highlight in terms of gameplay. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them that just stand out. I mean, there's the first one where you shoot him with eggs until his trousers fall all the way down. Yeah. And then he flies around. <laughs> He's all embarrassed. embarrassed. Yeah, he gets yeah. all red in the face. <laughs> there's um, the one where you're on the moon with the... the crow. Uh, the, yeah, the crow, and you have to stamp the posts through so they hit him on the other side. Yeah. That's um, almost, almost proto-Galaxy. Yeah. Almost proto-Super yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario Galaxy. That's how. That's um, how good that is. And oh, the, the the one that's just I forget he's like a giant blob, but you can see his heart in the middle. Yeah, and you've got to keep hitting him with the egg so yeah. that he sort of bends inwards, and then you can hit his heart. Yeah. Oh, he's all gooey, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like because the regular the one, minions you, you see yeah. in the tunnels, and you have to keep pushing them down until they hit the grate. Yeah, like, they're like liquid, <laughs> aren't they, with faces on? But this one's mm-hmm. like a giant version of that. Yeah, it's great. yeah. And there's the one like every time you do a boss. So yeah, you know, we're saying it's always like a regular enemy that like Kamek appears and then he sprinkles this dust across the screen. And then the enemy starts glowing, and then it changes. Um, but then there's the one where that frog comes on, and you're like, right, okay, camera appears, does the dust, but then you start glowing, and it's like, whoa, whoa, oh yeah, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends up, yeah, yeah you, you shrink and go inside. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm pretty to... sure that was influenced by uh, the New Zealand story, yes, um, the, the, where you end up inside the walrus <laughs> early on, yeah, yeah. And then you just have to fight inside a frog's stomach and make it spit you out. <laughs> it's wicked. Inside the whale, I should say, yeah. not inside the walrus. <laughs> Um, so, uh, did either of you ever do the, do ev- clear everything yes, on, on this game? Did, okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your reward? Is it, is, is it a, is it a pallet swap? Is it more stuff? I don't what, even what think what you happens? get anything, do you? I think that you just do it all and that's that. I don't think there's any sort of fanfare or anything. Satisfaction. Yeah. Right. I just, think I would have heard from other Nintendo fanboys of something like, you know, Mario 64, you mm-hmm. hear of Yoshi on the castle spoiler. You hear about the mm-hmm. pallet swapping world. Whereas this, it's like, what'd you mm-hmm. get if you get everything? Like, I never did it. But I'd never heard anyone say, oh, you've got to do it because of this. There was never that, like, yeah. revelatory moment where you had to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the, the, en- the enigmatic character that is Yoshi, um, sometimes appears in games, sometimes is completely absent, um, abs- completely absent from Galaxy 1, there in Galaxy 2, completely absent from, uh, one of, the, at least one of the new Super Mario Brothers games, mm-hmm. um, back in, uh, completely absent from 3D World. Mm-hmm. Um, here he not only was a Yoshi, a multi multicolored Yoshi's, um, but he had uh, transforming powers. Now I always mm. thought this was a oddly gimmicky for a Mario game. It's sort of unnecessary, um, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's not like you know, if it was a case of um, you know there were levels where you could choose, like you know what what you mm. were, and that sort of allowed for interesting sort of interpretations on the same space. That would be cool. But it's pretty much like, right, here's a bit where you turn into a train now, and you can only do it by turning into a train, so do that, yeah. and now you've done the train bit, well done. Um, yeah, like It's the- very cute. I mean, the, the Yoshi car is very cute, yeah. if you like you know, if you know, like Yoshi like I do. Mm-hmm. But they, these sections always felt like they were from another game to me. They, they somehow yeah. just didn't have the Mario... Even, you know, like, I, I still remember wrangling with the, mole, the Yoshi mole tank. Yeah. Um, just never quite feeling like I was fully God, in, yeah, in control of it. Yeah, especially because you're on a time limit, aren't you? You're trying to get the red yeah. coins. And, yeah. Yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's always... I remember as a 
as a as a twelve year old child thinking, yeah, I could be a helicopter, and the helicopter's quite liberating because you are flying around where mm-hmm. you couldn't get to before. But yeah. yeah, playing it recently, it's like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll just zip through this bit now and just you know I'll get to the block where you know, I get to be transformed back into Yoshi. It, it's a nice mm-hmm. idea, but I think it, I think it is in the wrong game. I think there's a better place yeah. for that game mm-hmm. style. But, you know, I'm glad they they you know they tried it, and I think they're bringing it back for the DS one, uh, the 3DS one. Mm-hmm. Which are, you know, mm. hopefully they'll make more of a game out of those bits because they did just feel like either coin collecting bits or bits you just zip through to get back to the Yoshi, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping there's more, there's more to it in the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Yoshi starred in a few games, which uh, some of which I know Miyamoto has been uh, critical of. Yoshi, Yoshi's Cookie, Yoshi's Safari. Um, was which one was the one with the the light, the super scope light gun? Was that Yoshi's That's Safari? Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a, another DS game, I think. Was it DS or GBA? Yoshi's Universal Gravitation. Oh, that was a GBA um, one. Because it, yeah, yeah, it had the, the, well, Mercury, the Mercury in the cartridge. One, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ro- rotating. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, an obscure one. But equally, uh, Yoshi's Yoshi's also um, starred in a DS launch game, Yoshi Touch and Go, or Catch Touch Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Now, um, my partner, Tanya, got absolutely hooked on this game <laughs> to the point that she became like unnaturally good at it um and she played it with the wrong hand um yeah there's it's like this really mini um it's you know it's quite low on content but high on um concept um high score attack game but um it's, quite, it, it's it, sort of ahead it's of it's charming it's ahead of its time really isn't it because it's the sort of thing we now see iOS tons of on. yeah 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 absolutely yeah it was a kind of game that didn't I didn't review terribly well but mm. people who got it Absolutely, got completely hooked on it, mm-hmm. and it and it used Yoshi's egg firing and um yeah. and and floaty jump powers, and uh, it's it's interesting. It's like I don't know. It's probably like rare now and expensive because it's mm-hmm. an early DS cart, but it's actually an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Um, it it probably wouldn't get its own cane and rinse uh, <laughs> podcast. It's probably not quite and a game that could theoretically someday. I mean, it did come out on the Virtual Console for Wii was Yoshi's Story. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. N64 games. This was uh, Nintendo EAD's own. Um, Hideki Kono came out in 97 in Japan, 98 over here. This was an interesting game. I remember it came out on exactly the same day as Panzer Dragoon Saga <laughs> on the Saturn in, in, in this country. And I, I, went, I went for Panzer Dragoon Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought Yoshi's Story later. It's a weird one, Yoshi's Story. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's another departure yet again, isn't it? It's yeah. Strange. So aesthetically, it's kind of... Um, it, it it has some really nice um sort of pre little big planet or kirby's epic yarn you know soft and cuddly mm-hmm. furnishings um and it sort of has yoshi mechanics with the egg throwing but it it doesn't feel like a mario game to control but it's really this quite intensive um sort of high score platform puzzler i suppose it's all about collecting all the different fruit wasn't it mm. it is but you really to, the the only way to get to get the proper big score was to collect the green melons and uh, uh and that was the real test so in the same way you could just barrel through any level you could basically walk through the game barely get hit barely die just eat any fruit you come across Mm -hmm. but there was a kind of extra challenge which was only eating the green watermelons and that Mm. turned the game into into an interesting um a, a challenge completely unique to anything else i've played it's a it's an odd game as i say it is still available on on wii virtual console um Neither of you played it then. Uh, very uh, briefly. Yeah, played right. a bit of it, but yeah, I, I 
remember being utterly charmed, even when I was like a, you know, that, of that age. Like thinking, oh, I've got golden. I don't need to play. Oh my, look at Yoshi's Story's <laughs> intro. Look at this intro. Like the way they're all singing at the pop-up book and like everything about that game, such as Yoshi's um, Island that we're talking about, it pulls you in completely with its noise and its looks. Like I still, I even YouTubed it the other day just for nostalgic purposes. Like I never even played the game properly. All I knew was that the pop-up book intro and the song that went with it was amazing. And the black and white Yoshi's also existed as well. And they were, yes, Secret Black and White Yoshis also appeared in uh, Yoshi Touch and Go. And of course they were, uh, you know, after um, getting to the Super Happy Tree, which is makes it a really good game. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. Um, never been sort of sequeled. Uh, already talked about Artoon's Yoshi's Island DS, which everybody I know who's played it for any length of time says it feels like a soulless remake of, yeah. of of Yoshi's Island that's massively lacking the charm which doesn't bode well for new Yoshi's Island on 3DS but it is worth saying that the team who are making it are not quite the same as Artoon they're a, mm-hmm. they're they're now called Arzest and they're they're from the people who were uh, Artoon um founded by uh, Naoto Oshima who's actually um the designer of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, <laughs> and and Dr Eggman um so who knows uh th- this team also features uh, coincidentally Panzer Dragoon people mm. um and th- these are guys who have also worked on the on the Mii Plaza stuff on the 3DS um so jury's out hopefully they'll have learned and maybe there's some good influence people that weren't there on the uh, Yoshi's Island DS game and maybe it'll be something closer to 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 the magic of Yoshi's Island but um, we'll find out in a couple yeah, of months I'm hoping it's going to be the antidote to Dark Souls 2 and the fact that you know they're on the same day and you know I, I think yeah. once you get utterly frustrated with Dark Souls 2 because it's going to happen let's face it you're going to die a lot you just flick on Yoshi's <laughs> Island and just chill out uh, it's also the same day as Titanfall so not much happening that day um, according to my calendar anyway Sounds right. um and the only other uh, future Yoshi title that I'm aware of, obviously he will appear in Smash Brothers this year, um, is, uh, I'm looking forward to this one, because it's Yarn Yoshi, and this is from uh, the wonderful team who brought us Kirby's Epic Yarn. We did a uh, podcast on that. Yeah. You can seek it out. Good feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it very much looks like Kirby's Epic Yarn does Yoshi, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's the clues in the title. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, lovely stuff. Now, before we summarise our own feelings on these two games, we should hear from our forum, starting with uh, Sean. Would you read Andy Kurosaki's? Will do. Uh, he says, Super Mario World is damn near the perfect platforming game. From the graphics to the music to the addictive gameplay, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was the first time me and my brother fired up on Christmas Day with our brand new SNES, and it was pretty much the best Christmas ever. There's very good reason this constantly pops up whenever best games of all time list, uh, lists pop up. Tubular was a bloody nightmare to get through. Everything else was amazing. While Yoshi's Island's not quite in the same league, uh, sorry, same caliber as Super Mario World, it's still up there with Nintendo's best. Some of the boss fights, the frog one in particular, were genius. Indeed. Uh, Des, you want to take Dom's? Yeah. Dom's beard says uh, Super Mario World is probably my favourite Mario game. A masterpiece from the level design to the soundtrack. I can still remember nailing the exit where you had to fly underneath the finish line with absolute perfection. Mm. Christ, no, I remember that. Yeah, that, that was, was a hard. nightmare. That was well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Electric Crocosaurus says, I never owned a SNES, so Super Mario World is one of those games that I've had occasional plays on, but never played through to completion. One of my earliest gaming memories is watching my older cousin play the game, and the impression I had was of a beautiful living cartoon. Yoshi has always been my favourite Nintendo character, and I'm sure that was cemented by seeing Mario mucking about on his back for the first time in Super Mario World. Yoshi's Island, however, remains one of my favourite Mario games partly because of my love of Yoshi, partly because of my fond memories of the Game Boy Advance SP. I first played through the game when it appeared as Super Mario Advance 3. It was perfectly suited for the handheld, and I sank countless hours into its gorgeous hand-drawn world. My review of it could be applied to any number of the core Mario series, a constant stream of new ideas, controls that are perfectly honed, presentation that makes the game as much a pleasure to look at as it is to play. The only negative I can think of is the horrible sound of baby Mario (laughs) floating away, which still stands up as one of the most heart-wrenching noises in video gaming. And uh, Hayes Red Mist followed that up with, the sound of that baby, I prefer nails down a blackboard. (laughs) Uh, Insert coins... So Super Mario World is one of those universally adored classics that I was never able to get into. It's a solidly designed platformer, and I'm rather torn up about having negative things to say about it, because the care and thought that went into its creation are apparent, but I've never connected with the game. I think that's because it doesn't feel, to me, like a step up from Super Mario Bros. 3 that I was hoping it would be. Super Mario World is lovely, colourful, and alive, but its aesthetic isn't as interesting as that of its predecessor. Uh, The sprite art is, most of the time, quite lovely, but there are a few characters here and there that look below the standard of the rest of the art. Most of my other criticisms come from comparisons made against Mario Bros. 3. The levels are well designed and emergent mechanics interesting, but not as interesting as those in Mario Bros. 3. The cape and other new power-ups are fun, but not as fun as the Tanuki Tail and Frog Suit. There are elements of the game that really stand out for me. The boss battles are fairly creative and the castle theme music is incredible, but this game overall fades into the back of my memory when compared to the uh, compared against other 2D platformers. Yoshi's Island, on the other hand, is a bold step in an entirely new direction, completely unmistakable for anything previously seen in the Super Mario series. Its adherence to its brave and striking art direction and its wacky new play mechanics make the game stand out from everything else before or since. The music is wonderful, the look of the game is wonderful, it controls like a dream, even the level design is more labyrinthian than the linear Mario levels in the past. Yoshi's Island's storybook aesthetic complements the game's incredibly cheery levels and the scarier, darker moments. Nintendo fully dedicated to the storybook theme. The game operates on storybook logic, and the insane amount of commitment to this idea is what makes everything hold together so well. Lovely stuff from uh, Ryan. Insert coins there, as usual. More from him in the future. Uh, now... Three word reviews. We had quite a few. Um, not all of them have made the cut, but uh, here we go with uh, starting with Darren. Three word reviews. <clears throat> so Knuckles says, so many secrets. David Merritt says of Super Mario World that it's nigh on perfect. Lee Garbutt says of Super Mario World that it's absolute video game perfection. Uh, Matt Suckley of Oops, that again. Matt Suckley says um, a bit bland when he's referring to Super Mario World. Hmm. Daniel Owens says it's mustachioed reptilian fun. Uh, Simon Cole, talking about Super Mario World, says ultimate launch title. Ryan Astley, he does a game. He does a free word review for both games: uh, Super Mario World, best game ever, and Yoshi's Island, beautiful letdown. 
Yeah, on that, um, I spoke to Ryan about that earlier. I actually thought he was uh, one of the people I'd spoken to previously who had always maintained that uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 was uh, the, like the, the best core Mario platformer. <laughs> but he said no, he was he was in the he was in the world camp if you <laughs> if you have to be in a camp. But yeah, um, when I said, oh, I think I, I obviously like Yoshi's Island more than you, he said, yeah, he was uh, he was disappointed with it. He found the levels too big, too sprawling. Um, and uh, yeah, he just didn't get on with it so well, which is sad. I know he's a huge, mm. huge Nintendo fan. Simon Marshall says more tongue, Yoshi. That's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Watts, uh, Super Mario World says never been bettered. Yoshi's Island, stupid crying baby. The aptly named Karibo Shoe says for Yoshi's Island, whinging little sod. <laughs> Man Puncher says Yoshi's physical abstraction. Frozen Treasure says the whole package. Matthew Cooper says uh, kitchen sink included. Alfred Fank says it's the ultimate platformer duo of both games there, obviously. Uh, El Linkso Defecto, talking about Super Mario World, says still not bettered. It's hmm. two of those. Zach Smart, in reference to Super Mario World, Mario achieves perfection. And finally, uh, back on that Yoshi's Island tip, Hayes Redmist says, annoying baby. Yeah, um, it's really, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how many people that, that, that audio, that particular bit of audio put off. Um, I'm pretty sure it isn't a sample from a real baby. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's conclude with our, as ever, heartfelt but hyperbole-free-as-we-can summaries. Obviously difficult when you love the game so much. But, um, uh, yeah, so obviously it's kind of, it's relatively easy to find and play Super Mario World, less so Yoshi's Island, but um, just summarise as, as best you can, Darren. Uh, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that a sequel to Super Mario World is almost completely different to Super Mario World, if you know what I mean. Like, it's... It is the exact, not the exact opposite, but it, it went in such a different direction that I wasn't anticipating back in the day. And replaying it now, um, I found that, you know, even though the, the baby stressed me out to the point where, you know, it made me stop playing, like I closed the clamshell and turned it off for a little while. Um, I still, I did really enjoy the game, uh, more so than I thought I ever would because I played it in time, you know, in passing before, like, oh, I'll play some Yoshi's Island again. And I, I always think that the first few levels are really tedious, and that's probably because I played them so many times and not progressed further mm. than World One. But um, mm. yeah, actually seeing the whole game through recently was, um, yeah, it's a, it's 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 a joy. Uh, there are things wrong with it. I do think the camera is a bit too zoomed in, especially when compared to Super Mario World, where the camera you, you feel like you're you're seeing so much of the screen at any one time. Whereas playing the GBA version, at least recently, that the camera seemed far too zoomed in and. Um, when the baby disappears off the screen, even though you've got an arrow indicating, like, it's, I still wish I had more real estate to play with and look at. Um, in reference to Super Mario World, I think, I think the audio, apart from the, the looping baby noise, is, um, is, it's just absolute, <laughs> uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I, I wish I had more tracks, and I think that's limitations of the cart in the day, you know, but, like, those tracks, uh, from, you know, the, but I, I, I really appreciate the fact that Mario World 2, didn't go for the traditional underground noise, you know, that did it, did it, did it, it went for its own mm -hmm. music. And I, I can't commend the game enough for just being what it is, you know, and sticking to its guns. Like, no, this is what I am. I'm a cartoony Mario sequel to Mario World, but 
not not really. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a different beast compared to Super Mario World, and I, I appreciate the game, uh, for that more than, more than anything. Really, I think it's it's a really brave, bold game, uh, and the boss battles, as we said, are, are, are the highlight to to play. And I think, yeah, if you've got a 3DS and you bought it on launch, then you should definitely just have a go. Get get past the first world, see that first boss, and then just like go from there. I think you know, I think the first world is a bit is a bit ploddy. Which I always see Yoshi's Island. I always compare Yoshi's Island to games like Kirby because I think the the kind of the way they plod along through the levels isn't really my taste. I think I'm mm. more of a Super Mario world where you hit the run button and you don't stop until you hit the exit, like like Super Meat Boy and other games like that. But I, I really appreciate the fact that they're completely different in terms of pace as well. Um, but when it comes to Super Mario World, it's it's no secret that I'm a I'm a massive fan of it. Uh, I, I I'm struggling to think of something that it does wrong, and that that sounds really hyperbolic, you know. But does it do anything wrong? I, apart from the special stages, which aren't essential, like I, I don't think they're great stages. I think they're they're fun to scream at, but I, I don't think the game for me puts a foot wrong. And I I might just be Nintendo fanboy at the moment. I'm very I'm very aware of the fact, but. I think Super Mario World is, you know, is is a very good game. Even in, you know, playing it on the Wii U today. Um, so yeah, but they're both they're both good games. I just preferred the first one. Yeah, I think um, I think it's fair to say we've had a lot of people saying you know not better to achieve perfection and things like that. Um, I, I I agree that Super Mario World is a masterclass of design. Even though it was um, twenty years ago that I first played it returning to it has done very little to to dim that certain things about it seem seem a little tough now and i haven't even got as far back as going through the special world which i still consider you know having done all eventually all 96 exits one of my great gaming achievements um but certainly if someone were to you know ask me you know what's what do you think is you know one of the finest examples of the 2d platformer you know, a genre which had actually was relatively new at this point. You think about it. We're now 20 something years on from this game. Um, the platformer had only been around for uh, less than 10 years at this stage. Um, and arguably, you know, it's never been done better. Um, it's a game. Yeah. It's a game that I, I, I kind of put on a very high pedestal. Um, I bought it repeatedly over and over again, although I didn't buy the GBA version. Um, Having said that, you know, if somebody, obviously it's cheaper to buy Super Mario World on the virtual console probably than it is to buy, uh, new Super Mario Brothers U. But actually there's, when I played new Super Mario Brothers U, I was thinking, you know, this is probably as good uh, an attempt at this as Nintendo have done. Maybe it's, you know, since then, it's not as exciting the second time around, but you know, if you must have, some some pretty HD graphics as opposed to the 16-bit pixels of the original, then New Super Mario Brothers U is a pretty damn fun platformer as well. Um, you know, perhaps some of the ideas have, have been seen since then, and perhaps perhaps that's why it doesn't seem so special. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I can actually understand my feelings on the New Super Mario Brothers series a bit better when we when we do that podcast. As regards to Yoshi's Island, um, I really miss it. I, it's a game that I, when I sold my PAL SNES, I assumed I would be able to get in some form. I could, I could seek out the GBA version, um, I guess, and, and maybe even play it through the GameCube on, on the telly screen. Um, but I really want to play the SNES original again. Um, and I, I really want them to re-release it. As I say, I didn't 
feel the desire to ace it like I have done with other games, including Super Mario World. And I think there are certain things about the, the beautiful aesthetic that actually detract from the core Mario gameplay. Um, but if you take it as a non-core Mario game, then it shouldn't be on this podcast. But if, if you just treat it as a first party, party Nintendo title, it is, as many of our correspondents have said, uh, up there with their finest work. And I, I wish I owned a copy to this day. Um, yeah, please bring it to the virtual console. Um, let's finish with our guest, Sean Bullet Bell. Um, so I'm glad, um, that I ended up getting asked on this show because it made me replay Mario World. Um, like, because for years I've always enjoyed telling people that Yoshi's Island is the better of the two, partly just to wind people up, um, but also because <laughs> I do genuinely think that. Um, mm. But I think, but going back to Mario World, um, you know, 20 years later, uh, it's interesting because obviously I enjoyed it when I was nine, ten years old. Um, but obviously, when you're older, you you can appreciate these things a lot more. Um, you, you understand a lot of the decisions that were made and how clever they are and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, definitely glad I went back to Mario World. And like, and you know, and it's just sort of confirmed that arguing which of the two is better is just a bit redundant. They're, they're different mm. beasts. They, they, just like we said, they're, they're not even really, you know, they're not part of the same lineage, are they? Yoshi's Island is very much its own, uh, its own thing. Um, I, I mean, you know, I do prefer Yoshi's Island, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to continue arguing that it's a better game. Um, mm-hmm. I think, it's just the things that it does well um, sort of speak to uh, things I like to see in games. I, you know, I love the like the, the visual style of it. I love the fact that um, it's actually a lot more accessible. Um, not you know more more than Mario World, but also more than most Mario games. I think um, I think you know a lot of people could get to the end, um, but then there's you know th- this added thing of getting hundred percent on all the levels. Um, mm. Whereas something like Mario World is just pretty tough um, <laughs> right off the bat, whether you're going for secrets or not. Um, and uh, yeah, like I think Yoshi's Island is just one of those games that it's taken up permanent residence in my head, whether I like it or not. Like I remember levels of the game as if they are places I've been to. Um, and I remember particularly one bit where I realized like, like I was sort of, mind melding with the developers where I think it was at the end of uh, Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy um, mm. which is remarkable in and of itself in that it's a, a bit of a Nintendo game that essentially has psychoactives in it but <laughs> which we've not really mentioned but um, there's a bit yeah. at the end of the level where you're running across a platform and there's like a, a log uh, sort of sticking diagonally out of the ground and I remember seeing that and just thinking they they wouldn't just put that there mm. and I stood on top of it and I threw an egg straight up Lo and behold, that opened up a secret area. And it's like, how did I know that? How, <laughs> like, how well designed is this game that I, I knew that wasn't right? That wasn't just there by accident or. It's as much of a, sorry to bite oh. in. It's as much of a, of a language as yeah. Fez's actual language, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's, it's that, yeah. it's that thing where you're actually, you are conversing with the developer. Mm-hmm. You just, you're just not so aware of it and you're not, you're not writing things down. It's just all happening in your head. Exactly, I think yeah. Symphony of the Night is another game where mm-hmm. I felt like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're both incredible games. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's such a shame that, like I say, there's, there's no sort of viable legal way of playing Yoshi's Island unless you get the, you know, the GBA version or you still have SNES kicking around. Yeah. Um, it is a shame that Nintendo seem to not necessarily want to bury it, but certainly mm. not as proud of it as they should be. 
um, which is a huge yeah. shame. It's particularly uh, dispiriting when they've, you know, they released a, a, by almost every account a substandard follow-up on the DS, yeah, but exactly. they yeah, continue they, to not. They seem happy to keep farming it out yeah. to other developers instead of mm. just doing it themselves. But hey-ho. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um, and to listeners, if you do fancy playing a Mario game that isn't 20 years old, that 3D world that came out just before Christmas is it's all right. Good. It's all right. It's all right, yeah. It's it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's um yeah, uh absolutely ad- adored it. Um and still plenty more to do in it. Mm. Um but obviously uh, as I say that's not part of this series, but uh, we will be talking Super Mario sixty four in a month's time. Um and then further further Mario adventures. Uh Sean Hello. um plug anything would you like to? Twitter? Um, a podcast Twitter perhaps? at Captain Toss. Uh, midnightresistance.co.uk is our stupid website um, normally at this point I would say oh yeah do Joypod as well but that's gone <laughs> Joypod is um, over so forget that <laughs> unless you've never listened to it in which case there's loads of there's that a... you can catch up on <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's about it yeah. well indirectly if it wasn't for Joypod uh, there wouldn't be a cane and rinse because that was the first podcast I ever listened to which okay. Uh, from there, I ended up doing Game of Dork, and from there, I ended up doing this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, R.I.P. Joypod. Mm. Thanks for, thanks for all the laughs and the good times. Uh, we've got your uh, your cohort Andy Hamilton coming on soon for Castlevania. Good luck with that. She likes quite a bit. But next time in issue one hundred and fourteen, uh, it's the last story. Until then, farewell. <whistles> 